does have it all. All of our pre-owned vehicles are Hubler Q certified, which include a 128-point vehicle inspection, a free Carfax vehicle history report, and two warranties. A two-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty and a 30-day, 1,000-mile comprehensive warranty. Visit any of our 13 locations today or click drivehubler.com. All righty, it's a Thursday. Thanks for waking up with us here on the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy. He's Kevin Bowen. I'm Andy Sweeney. Kylan Talley, her final day, her final day putting up with us. Stop, uh, that's so sad. Absolutely <laughs> work all week Early in the morning putting up uh, with a couple knuckleheads here. Hanging out with you on the fan until, th- until 3 o'clock. Goodness, we're not on that late, are we? We're not just blown out querying company and greeting saying, <laughs> we're talking Juan Soto trade for the next five hours. Hours. Uh, hanging out until 10 o'clock. Busy show today. Pacers in action tonight. Our coverage here on the fan beginning at 4.30. That tip off in Vegas. Yes, guys, at 5 o'clock. And one day closer to another biggie. It's the Colts and Bengals on Sunday. We'll talk about that. We'll preview that. KB, a good morning to you, sir. How are you? Yeah, with this Pacers tip tonight, boy, you could have the uh, nursing home dinners rocking. You know, 5 o'clock. Uh, there could be some lively atmospheres in those dining rooms here with the Pacers and Bucks tipping from Vegas. Isn't that good for us though? Morning guys, like the game's over at 7.15? I think it is. Is that okay? Now, I still like it's kind of one of those weird weeks in the NFL where I almost feel obligated. Monday night football, that's the Colts' next opponent. And then Thursday night football is the opponent after Cincinnati with Pittsburgh and New England. Um, I saw today uh, it was the smallest over-under tonight. 30 points for Patriots and Steelers oh, since 1993. Really? So 1993, I mean, this that's is when like football was football, 10 to 7. Iowa Northwestern yeah. equivalent here is what we're going to get well, on the, Thursday night football. This and... might be Iowa versus Iowa. Leave Northwestern <laughs> out of it. They won seven games. They're in a bowl, or six games at least, didn't they? They're in a bowl game this season. This is Iowa offense versus Iowa offense. Yeah, what a this game. This is uh, quite the Al Michaels experience tonight for Thursday night football. And then Pro. obviously we'll preview a, a whole lot on the Pacers front today. Um, again, it is Pacers and Bucks semifinal in-season tournament from Milwaukee. Chris Denary, uh TV voice of the Pacers, he's going to join us coming up here at 8 o'clock. Charlie Clifford, we'll get a little uh, Cincinnati Bengals. You guys have heard Charlie on these airwaves a whole lot. He's down in Cincinnati at the NBC affiliate down there. He was actually at the Monday night game, uh, Bengals over Jags, earlier this week. So we'll talk with Charlie coming up at 9. And then at 8.30, it'll be Rob Blackman. Radio voice of the Boilers. You know, Purdue's got that game up in Canada on Saturday. A little bit of a homecoming for Zach Eady. Just kind of curious about that, Andy. You don't really see many international games in college basketball. So, you know, how did that come to be? Uh, are, are there any hurdles for Purdue? Is there anything, you know, kind of extra around that game as they take on Alabama coming up? Uh, Saturday afternoon. Well, I have uh, I have something that Rob needs to tell the people at Purdue. Okay, you ready for this? Yeah. Uh, when I followed Kentucky basketball, you know they went to Toronto. They played a couple games in Toronto yeah, a few months ago. That, yeah. If you want, I'm not expecting you to remember it, but here's the thing: they left all their Nike shoes on the bus. Their bus got broken into, and uh, all their you know size 15 shoes for all the basketball oh players got taken. There were new Kobe's all over the streets of Toronto. So Purdue, make sure whoever is in charge of that, that they take the shoes and they bring them into a hotel room well, in I Canada. Well, I think you could use Zach Eady's shoe as a weapon, <laughs> with considering probably how what big. What size shoe does he wear, by the way? That thing is, uh, yeah, I would it's assume be a, in 19, the upper teens, yeah, correct? it's got to be. Right? Uh, plenty to unpack today, Colts and Bengals. Again, if you look at Sunday, the first injury report of the week 
is out. And we've talked so much about the return of Grover Stewart, and he heard from him yesterday. Didn't want to get into, you know, what he ingested. Uh, by the way, did you see the Colts had another player pop for PEDs yesterday? I did see that. When I, when, well, you know, when you see the ESPN alert come up and it's Colts, you know, suspended, my mind didn't see the name, and I thought, oh boy. Yeah, oh it was. Oh boy, uh, here we go again. Defensive end Al Kadeem Muhammad, for those, you know, like, I think I kind of know that name. Uh, he actually started every single game for the Colts two years ago. Uh, left Indian free agency, went to Chicago with Matt Eberflus. And Andy, he's one of those guys, and there's probably a handful of them in the Colts locker room where I go in there each week, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that dude's on the team. Yeah, he hasn't played at all. Right? Uh, he's not played in a game this season. He's on the practice squad to be uh, to be official there. So, yeah, six games for hand. That'll bleed into next year if the Colts do not make the playoffs. But we talk so much about the return of Grover Stewart and what it means to the run defense. And, yes, that obviously is the big, big you know, I think angle to Sunday, but Andy, I think specifically when you look at Cincinnati, you want to commit as many guys in coverage as you can. You know, you don't want to have to cheat up that safety to help out against the run. You don't necessarily want to say, all right, linebackers sell out every single play to stop the run when you're facing the deepest. And I think the best, certainly the best you have faced the best wideout core uh, the Colts have seen by far all season long. You want as many guys committed to coverage as possible. So I think that's what adds to Grover's return on Sunday. It's that there should be Gus Bradley hope of like, all right, he's back. These guys in the front four, obviously you need a few more for the run game. And then the rest of the group, you got to get back in coverage. Uh, so I do think that part of it, allowing kind of an extra body maybe to be in the pass game, is huge for Grover's return. I'm looking. The line is one right now. I feel like that line has bounced around a little bit. Has it not? Opened up uh, three, if yeah, I, I remember correctly. I think it opened correctly. up. But that was guess, before Monday Night Football. Yeah, it was before Jake Browning became, you know, I, I don't know, filling any, you know, big-time quarterback there. No, I mean, listen, Grover Stewart coming back is a big deal. It was funny listening to some of the sound coming out of the locker room yesterday. You always, you, you kind of do forget this, and... You know, he is a defensive lineman, and it's great to have him back, and it's great to have him back, especially that these games, there's such a premium on these games now. Five left, and obviously, we know what the Cincinnati offense can do. We know what their running game can do. But it does, you know, if you would have told me, Kevin Bowen, that, you know, hey, Grover's going to go out. I remember doing that show and that, that was just such a bummer because he was playing well and you take a guy like that away, it was such a big deal. They won, and he even talked about it yesterday, they won four games in a row here without Grover Stewart. It's almost as if, and I know this is revisionist history, the games that he missed are the exact games that you were like, okay, I'll pick those games. If a guy's going to be injured, if he's going to be suspended, these are the games, you know, the Carolina games, the yeah, New England uh-huh. Patriots, Certainly. those sorts of games. And listen, I realize Tampa Bay had success on the ground, but guess what? The Colts won that game. I understand the Titans with two different running backs, you know, were able to run the football even when Derrick Henry was knocked out in the third quarter. You know what? The Colts won the game. Uh, But now you do feel like with the Steelers, as we move here into December, with the Steelers and Bengals and some of these teams, cold weather, they're going to be able to run the football. Getting Grover back, it was good to hear from him yesterday. Yeah, and again, we'll go over the injury report from yesterday. Just a walkthrough for the Colts. Uh, Also, this is not the first time we've seen Jake Browning versus Gardner Minshew. We'll touch on that. 
as well. We saw a YouTube comment here early on in the show, Andy. Uh, some dude mentioned that his buddy saw John Halliburton <laughs> at the airport. Oh, Obviously he? the father of Tyrese Halliburton, I think more and more. Or either those that attend Pacer games, watch on TV, even see the immediate reaction post game, you'll see the Halliburton family. I mean, they are right there next to that hoop, uh, right at, you know near the Pacers bench. Mr. Halliburton certainly has some high energy. Well, was it this morning to or say was the it least, yesterday? He said this morning. Oh. Oh, well, so, wait, wait, wait. John's not out there. That at least early the day fight before. Yeah, knowing John, I could see him that says, you know what? We're going to be out there for three nights. Well, yeah. You know what? That's a great point. We're going to win he's, today. He's planning on staying the weekend. And That's I'm going to be out is. there Thursday night. I'm going to be out there Friday night. And you know what? We got a party after Saturday. Uh, so, <laughs> Does he have the IV registered and ready to go on, uh, on Friday morning yeah, well, to come into the room there? I was going to say, you, you're going to need it more than one day if you're spending three days out in Vegas. I, I am curious about Yeah, go ahead. The environment today. You know, the, the five o'clock tip is so odd to me. And, you know, I was reading a little bit of Scott Agnes yesterday, and he, he kind of mentioned the NBA, I think, wants to treat each game like their own individual game. Mm-hmm. They don't want it to be like the NCAA tournament. Right. You know, the NCAA tournament's, hey, you got 20 minutes to warm yeah. up, and then R- boom. Run a team off, warm up, 30 minutes later, another basketball game starting, right. But, and I know this is a little NBA nerdy stuff, but both television partners have – you know, each of the games tonight, so it'll be ESPN at 5 and then TNT at 9. Well, you know, each of them probably want a pregame show sure. committed to their uh, teams. The last thing you want is, you know, hey, Lakers, Pelicans, you get 20 minutes to warm up, and then all of a sudden, whatever, some dude gets hurt, and now we have a fiasco on our hands. So um, I think that I'm, I'm trying to provide a little bit of explanation on the 5 o'clock. It's still confusing to me. Uh, Maddie, well, one of Maddie's cousins, actually lives out in Vegas. Uh, three kids. Diehard Pacers fans. They got League Pass. They sent us a video after the win on Monday night. They're going nuts because now they can watch their oh, favorite team. They're going to go at T Mobile Arena. So they're going. Lower bowl tickets. Okay. <laughs> I don't know where to even begin to guess what a lower bowl ticket would cost. It's Eight, still an NBA game. 18,000 seat T Mobile Arena. Right. So one of, would nice be stadium. one of the bigger arenas yep. in the NBA. The Knights play there, tons of UFC stuff, et cetera, et cetera. The Vegas Knights, that is. Um, Less than a hundred bucks each for a lower bowl seat. That strikes me as relatively cheap for a semifinal game, especially when you got Giannis. It wouldn't be that cheap if Giannis. What what was it back? You know, a couple weeks ago when he was in town. Right. We need to start looking at those things. I don't remember, but I'm sure you couldn't get a lower bowl ticket for seventy bucks. I, I just I'm very interested to see how it feels, how it comes across on TV tonight. Is it? You know, the NBA doesn't play a lot of neutral court games. Uh, so that is something that I'm interested in. And, and one thing I want to throw Chris Denary's way when he joins us coming up here in less than an hour. We looked back on that first matchup. Again, no Damian Lillard. Giannis goes off. Halliburton and Matherin, terrific for the Pacers. Milwaukee was on a back-to-back. Uh, Milwaukee had a big lead in the fourth quarter, up 10 with five minutes to go, and the Pacers closed. It was absolute, just on fire there to close out the game. Obi Toppin who I assume will get the Giannis assignment tonight, but I kind of forgot about the first matchup, Andy. That was really not a top-end game on Giannis. He played 12 minutes in that game. That was when the Pacers actually opted to do the center thing on Toppin. Turner's going to guard him for a bit. Isaiah Jackson's Mm going to guard him for a bit. Daniel Tice actually got in that game one of the only... God, is that the only time he was was the only game game he played? Let me look that up. I can't can't remember another time he played. This season. So I I now kind of fast forward to tonight. I'm thinking, I 
I would throw Toppin on him, but I don't know. Maybe the Pacers felt like, hey, Brooke Lopez will bring Turner away from the basket. We want Turner a little bit closer to the basket. Obviously, Turner's had foul trouble issues. You know, so that storyline obviously is a big one because clearly the center matchup on Giannis didn't really work well, very he scored, well. I was about to say, he scored 54. When he had 50 uh, put Obi freaking top, four. Yeah, put Obi Toppin on him. Put anyone else on him. He scored I, 54. I think you start Toppin on him. But again, that is obviously a matchup. That will be something to keep Tice, an eye on. Tice played eight minutes. I'm looking at it. He did score. He played eight minutes. Yeah. I, and I, I need to go back and see if that's the only game he played uh, the entire time. I remember I'm Carlisle at him, like, looking at him is. on the bench, and it was one of those Tice was like, wait, you're talking to me? Huh? Me? You want that's me like, to go in that's there? It's like me in middle school. And then right. I assume <laughs> Bruce Brown will get the Damian Lillard assignment tonight. And then just one other thing that we can dive into as we go. And I got to be honest, I can't I can't read you. I don't know which way you're going. I have some Rick Carlisle sound we'll play later on in the show. Um, he was asked, and it's become like a national thing now, do you put a banner up? If you win the in-season, oh god, we got to go banner talk tournament, and that—that's exactly my. Well, thing. I know Jim Irsay's answer. Well, Jim Irsay would be a yes with this. Oh my correct? gosh, you would have a, you would shut down four sixty-five for three days and have and have the. Parade. Well, it's already shut down most of the time anyway. <laughs> Too shut. Um, but you know that's you get a trophy, but do you get a banner? So Rick Carlisle was asked about that. That's going around NBA circles. Do you put a banner up? Which is when I think of sports radio fodder on a Thursday, maybe even a Friday in NBA markets that are playing in the in-season tournament. You know that's something that will be talked about. That is rich. It really that is, is. absolutely. Absolutely rich. And I mentioned this yesterday, but as we look ahead to tonight, I think this is exactly what the NBA wants. I mean, you have Milwaukee and L.A., two of the last, what, four champs. You've got Giannis and LeBron, the two individuals. That, I mean, hell, they've been, what, the captains of the All-Star teams for the last couple of years. And then in the Pacers and the Pelicans, you've got two teams that have never won an NBA title. You know, this is exactly what the league wants here Again, tonight, ESPN, it'll be a little bit of a crossover. Reggie Miller will be on that broadcast with Doris Burke and Mike Breen and Lisa Salters. That is at 5 o'clock. Lakers and Pelicans at 9. We will have a lot, a lot on that. And also start to look ahead to Sunday. Uh, That first injury report of the week for the Colts did have a couple of starters on it. So we will give you a rundown on that as well. Kristen Airy, 8 o'clock. Rob Blackman talking boilers in Canada at 8.30 and a little bit of a look at the Bengals with Charlie Clifford at 9 o'clock. I'm Kevin Bowen. He's Andy Sweeney. Kylan Talley on the ones and twos. Thank you for spending this Thursday morning with us. It is the Wake Up Call 93.5107.5 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. All right, your morning check down. You know where we start today. It is Pacers in Vegas taking on the Bucks. 4.30 hour coverage beginning on the fan. One of the big differences of this game, Damian Lillard is going to be playing. Didn't play back in that game on November the 9th. Here's Rick Carlisle yesterday talking about Dame, Giannis, and the Bucks as a whole. Lillard being out was, was a break that we caught on that particular night. Uh, on the one hand, he wasn't out there. On the other hand, you know, Giannis touched the ball 65 times in the game. You know, so I don't know. I, you know, where's the bargain there? You know, I mean, it's it's like that. But now Dame is healthy. Giannis is is Giannis. You know, Chris Middleton is 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 another great player and an all star. And if you look at 
his minutes trend. He's playing a few more minutes than he was earlier in the season, and he, and he is finishing games now. So, um, you know, the challenges are, are, are many. You know, if you look at Milwaukee the other night, Andy, they scored 146 in their quarterfinal game against the Knicks. They hit 23 three-pointers. That was a season high. Nine dudes hit a three. Six of them hit two threes. I mean, that, that's what they've done. I mean, it's put shooters around Giannis uh, really to the nth degree. Uh, so obviously that is huge, huge for the Pacers tonight. Again, 5 o'clock tip on ESPN. Last I saw, the Bucks favored by 4.5 in this one. I'll have to look that up here. 4.5. They, they only made nine threes the entire time in the game in November. That's it. 4.5 is the over-under 254.5. I'll take the over. Give me the Gosh, over. That's large. I know it is. That's large. Uh, the over-under tonight, Thursday Night Football, is not 254. It's 30, which is the lowest the NFL has seen <laughs> in 30 years. It's Steelers and Patriots. And again, Colts fans, uh, hooded sweatshirt, cut off the sleeves. Uh, you need the hoodie tonight. That would be Bill Belichick. Steelers favored by six. If you look at the playoff chances and the odds, something I want to get into a little bit later as well. Uh, Andy, 5% improvement in your playoff odds if the Patriots win tonight. That's what the Colts have at stake. Again, it'll be Colts and Steelers a week from Saturday, so a little bit of a longer week for Pittsburgh here before a huge matchup inside of Lucas Oil Stadium next Saturday. What do you think the over-unders, I'm just looking at DraftKings, what do you think the over-unders on passing passing yards are in the game here? Bailey, Zappi, Mitch Trubisky. So is it Zappi? <laughs> well, that's what they have here. Why don't they here. just go to Malik Cunningham? I, I, don't, I don't know. I, does it matter? No, Bailey, Zappi, Malik Cunningham. Yeah. 156 and a half for Bailey, Zappi. The over-under on passing yards tonight. Mitch Trubisky, the over-under is 180. 80 and a half. That's fantastic. Oh, oh man! Uh, sticking with the NFL, the Colts get ready for the Bengals on Sunday. A guy I know you guys uh, got to talk to, and he was uh, a good quote yesterday. Grover Stewart back, back able to play. Now he has been what for the last three weeks, I believe. KB, he has been with the team in the locker room, not actually uh, being at games. Yeah, not a lot of practice, but yeah, is allowed to not, attend meetings. Yeah, and is, in locker is room. able to just be around the guys, which I don't know. That might be difficult, knowing you're not going to be playing on Sunday. Short clip here he was asked are you going to be on a pitch count on Sunday oh no oh all game (laughs) (laughs) all game from him Grover's Uh, life I think is football food and then more football well that's not bad I wish that was my life he was also asked what it's been like the last six weeks the team's been winning but you haven't been there uh, the last six week been hard for me. Uh, sitting at home watching the guys go out there each and every week and uh, fight and do their job. Like it was hard for me just watching them, knowing I couldn't be out there helping them. So every day I'm up early, working out, conditioning, uh, watching film, working on my craft, and like watching film, like try to help the guys. So. Again, it is going to be, I should say Grover was a full participant yesterday. Just a walkthrough, though, for the Colts. They'll have their first official practice today. Of note, though, on that first injury report of the week, the Colts had four guys on the would-not-have-participated list. Juju Brents again, Jonathan Taylor, which is expected, and then two starters that left the game for different parts on Sunday. Braden Smith left after three snaps. He did not return. That was a right knee injury. Or Braden Smith. And then EJ Speed, who left in overtime just briefly, Andy. He came back after a couple of snaps, but certainly that is one to keep an eye on 
Uh, that was a knee injury as well. So uh, the Colts do have some notable names on that injury report here in Week 14. And surprisingly, the Bengals, after playing on Monday night, they didn't list anybody as it did not practice. Now, they also had a walkthrough because they're on a short week, but um, certainly something to keep an eye on the rest of the week. What does your gut tell you? I mean, Juju Brents has been out now. This would be, what, six, seven games. Yeah, so, I, I thought uh, there was a real chance that AJ he Speed's could. AJ worrisome, right? Yeah, I, I thought there was a real chance that Juju could play on Sunday against Cincinnati, but I guess we'll find out a little bit more today. The fact that DJ Speed came back in the game, I think, is a good sign. Now, you oftentimes see this. I mean, adrenaline during the game sure. speaks for itself. It was a big overtime moment. Things can develop, but... Um, I, I think this time tomorrow we'll have a little bit of a clearer picture on that end. Um, uh, just a couple of other you know quick items of note. Shout out to Michael Lewis and Ball State. They win last night, 68-65. They're now 7-2 and on the year. They beat Detroit, who I think stinks. There was some late-game chaos in that one. Detroit's but, just bad at all basketball. Yeah. Just everyone associated with Detroit is uh-huh. bad at basketball. Which I think is actually a good thing if you're a <laughs> local fan. Yeah. Um, and then uh, we saw it late yesterday in the show, Jalen Lucas for Indiana, one of their um, more explosive playmakers for Indiana football. He is in the transfer portal. And then Brendan Sorsby, their starter late in the season, uh, who really took over, I guess, for Taven Jackson, maybe a little bit more earlier than late in the season. He is now transferred to Cincinnati. Kurt Signetti, it strikes me, Andy, that he has like 37 dudes in the portal on offense. Like this is going to be... I would be stunned if there's more than like three starters back on offense. Yeah, you know, McCulley, he put his name out there. I wouldn't mind even talking about this for like two minutes later on. A lot of people thought at Kentucky he was going to go to Lexington. Michigan offered yesterday. So a big boy moved in on, on Donovan McCulley. Yeah, and again, Donovan McCulley, Jalen Lucas, I mean, even some of the starting offensive linemen, these are good football players. Right. I, I know we can fall into the trap of it's IU football. They won three games. All of them should transfer that's not, you know, that's, uh, that's way too black and white. Um, so this is something where Kurt Signetti is going to have to have a maybe an entirely new look offense here coming up this fall. Yeah, Sorsby leaving and going to Cincinnati, to me, it's like where the guys go matters. Him going to Cincinnati doesn't matter to me at all. I mean, they they went from Fickle, who got him to the promised land, if you will, to Scott Satterfield. Did you see what they did last year? Did you go look up that Big 12 record? Well, they're still That's better a, than IU. That is a full rebuild. I'm, I'm not sure they are. Well, I, I, if you I, ask me who's going to have... won three games. I know. I need to look it up. Cincinnati may have only won three games as well. If you ask me who next year could have the better record, I might go I might go with my man Signetti. I might. I, you might be playing quarterback for Kurt Signetti well, with based that off that would be fine. How the early uh, give us one gone. more swoosh, Kai. One more swoosh because uh in honor of Jimmy Cook today and myself, Juan Soto. I mean, imagine we would have led with this if he were traded to the Cincinnati Reds. Juan Soto, <laughs> I'm kidding. Traded to the Yankees. That was a big one yesterday. Uh seven players all in that trade. And then just quickly, last night Shaka Smart Marquette beat Texas by 21. Where are we at on Shohei Otani watch? I I don't think anywhere. The Dodgers admitted they talked with him. I don't know if they were supposed to admit that or not, but they did. Is that tampering? I Uh, I thought anything goes in Major League Baseball. you know, basically anything goes. Uh, So, you know, West Coast, Dodgers, don't you have to think they're probably the number one team? But we're nowhere. I mean, come on. That was supposed to be the free agency watch of the century. What are we doing? The Pacers are in Vegas. Andy Sweeney wants to know if they should hang a banner if they win it all here coming up (laughs) this weekend. We'll chat about that. And again, more on the Colts and Bengals front. You look at these next two weeks for the Colts. What happens if... If they beat both Cincinnati Pittsburgh, what happens if they lose both? We'll dive into some of those scenarios as well. Good Thursday morning to you. Thanks for spending it with us. 
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. couple different pacer things before we dive into the Colts here. Uh, I know a sports radio gas bag, KB, who does uh, afternoons there in Vegas, reached mm, out boy. to I reached out to <laughs> That sounds like a pretty good gig, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, I reached out to him. He's going to give us some insight on what he thinks. Uh, he's going to DM me back here shortly on what kind of uh, what kind of celebration we think we're going to have downtown, what kind of crowd and everything else in Vegas. So we'll have that. And then I retweeted this. I don't know. Have you ever you guys ever had when you were on with Jake or anyone else? Uh, Sam Vicente on from The Athletic. You ever had him on? Yeah, draft guy, right? Yeah, I mean, Sam, he's a draft guy. He's a big basketball guy. I think his wife got a job in, like, Australia or something like that. It was New Zealand. And so I don't even know what time it is where he's at. But last night, he did an hour of, like, a video breakdown of the Pacers offense and Tyrese Halliburton. So if you are uh, if you are a Pacer nerd who, who wants the ins and outs of what Carlisle is doing offensively and just how good... Tyrese Halliburton uh, is. Look him up at Sam underscore Viceni. He's from The Athletic and he's a, he's a basketball Benny, if you will. I saw uh, Halliburton made an appearance again on the Paul George podcast. Oh, did he? Um, so, yeah, I mean, the national attention around Indiana on this team certainly uh, has grown. And, yeah, you know, a 2 o'clock tip local time out in Vegas. Andy, I almost feel like it's going to have that Thursday or Friday afternoon NCAA tournament feel. And, for those that have been to those venues and those games at those times, Andy, that 12, 2 o'clock NCAA tournament field, particularly 12 o'clock games, they're not great atmospheres, if you're going to be totally honest. you know, it, Yeah, not all the time, for sure. It, 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 you know, filling up an 18,000-seat arena, and I don't know, maybe Pacers-Bucks will have a little bit of a different vibe to it. Uh, but still, I'm uh, curious how that's going to be come 5 o'clock today. Chris Denary will join us coming up in the 8 o'clock hour. All right, Kai, let's get it going here. Uh, let's get clip number 12 up. Stephen Holder was on with us. I uh, want to talk some Colts here. All these games are so big, and the Bengals on Sunday is such a fun game. And it was a fun game when Joe Burrow, and then Burrow goes down. And then last week, you know, I'm cocky. I'm thinking, okay, they're going to beat the Tennessee Titans. And then, you know, Jake Browning, there's no way you're going to lose with this defensive line with the Colts, you're going to lose to Jake Browning. Then Browning goes out and does what he did uh, Monday against Jacksonville. I ask, as a starting off point, I want your opinion on this, and then we'll dive into the game. So I asked Stephen Holder yesterday when we had him on, go back to the podcast center, 1075thefan.com. I asked him just kind of a basic question, gut feeling, do we think the Colts are going to make the playoffs this year? I, I mean, that's a fair conversation. Uh, you gave some odds. You can give them again of if they win, what the odds will be if they win Sunday in Cincinnati. And then I think you said, what, a 5% jump if the Patriots beat the Steelers tonight. Which, by the way, low-scoring, close game, anything, you know, you get a fumble, yeah, you get short a couple week. field goals, yeah, wild short happen. week, wild things happen on Thursday night football. It's about 50 seconds long. Here's Steven Holder on the Colts making the playoffs this season. I think that at this point, not making the playoffs is a disappointment. This ain't about you know, oh, it's just gravy now. Oh, it's just, let's just see what happens. No, I mean, they have raised the bar. You got to make the playoffs now. <laughs> I'm sorry. And I'm not saying we should, I'm not saying heads should roll if they don't make it. No, uh, of course not. That's stupid. But what I'm saying is 
the calculus can change over the course of a season. You know, it can go one it can go one way or the other. Last year, the expectations were very high, and then they ended up being terrible. So the calculus changed, right? This year, it went the other way. We had no expectations, and it turns out they're very competitive. And now it's time to finish the job. So, you know, is that a prediction that they'll make it? No, but I, I think that they should make it. Because, again, it's in their hands. They have a, a very manageable schedule. And I expect them to go compete and, and to go take their best shot to make it. And, and if they don't, I would see that as a, a little bit of a letdown at this point. Now, when he said that, I agreed with that. I, I am very much a believer, KB, that it's fun doing all of the previews and the preseason analysis. But we know every year teams are going to come out of nowhere. I mean, the Colts are one of those teams. I mean, everyone we had on I, three, four, five, you picked them to win, what, six games? And people were seven. looking at uh, seven games. And people were looking at you like you had three eyes yeah, <laughs> in uh-huh, your head. Right. I mean, and I was one of them. I picked them to win five games, so not a huge difference there. And you see teams like the Houston Texans. You see teams like the Giants and Bills who took massive steps back. The Bengals perhaps a little bit different because of Joe Burrow. So, number one, I am a firm believer that within a year – things change. We never truly know how good or bad a team is going to be. Injuries, the rest of the NFL, and everything else. So I would agree with Steven there. So that would be that would be number one. Number two, and even though in this listen, I, even though Joe Burrow is out, I personally do not view this Bengals team like I viewed the last several opponents of the Colts. Does that make sense? I mean, obviously, the Panthers are terrible. They're going to go 1-16. I mean, let's just say what it is. Uh, the Patriots are terrible. The Buccaneers, eh. I mean, let's just be honest. And the Titans last week, I mean, they're, they are a team that is a bad team, and they're going to lose this week as well. My point being... I kind of thought maybe when Burrow went down that I would view this Cincinnati team as another in the line of bad teams, basically, that the Colts are facing. And then Jake Browning does what he did on Sunday. And then, as you have mentioned all week, this is a team that is as deep at wide receiver as you possibly could be in the NFL. I mean, so much so, they're going to lose T. Higgins to free agency this season. Uh, Joe Mixon running the football. I know their defense has had some issues, but even though the Bengals don't have um, Joe Burrow, I don't view them in the same wavelength as the other teams of the last four and five weeks for the Colts. Do, do you? And then no, that's never um, even crossed my yeah, mind. Yeah, I, I, I've always been higher on Cincinnati just because they're so dynamic at the skill positions. And then we all watch Monday night. And I guess the thing that stood out to me about Jake Browning on Monday, Andy, is when you have these young. And ex- by the way, Jake Browning went to the rival high school of Shane Steichen. I heard that yesterday. I, I, I did not know that. Um, you know, when you think about backup young quarterbacks, what I think of is they're going to dink and dunk the hell out of it. And if you blitz them, they cripple. Yeah, eventually they'll be shaken. Like those are the two right. things I I think of. I mean, when we've talked about the Colts playing Levis or the Colts playing, you know, Mac Jones or the Colts playing, you know, Bryce Young, that's kind of what we've said. You know, pressure them, pressure them, pressure them, and then just suffocate and tackle because they're not going to have or, or or they're not going to be super willing to throw the ball 
down the field. Two things that stood out to me about Drake, Jake Brownie on Monday night, and we all can just look at like the stat line over 350 yards, over 80%, and that tells a you know pretty impressive story. But Andy, I, I was looking a little deeper at so, some of those numbers from Brownie on Monday night. They blitzed him on 13 dropbacks. Jacksonville blitzed him 13 times. He was 8 for 13 for 150 and didn't take a sack. Mm-hmm. I mean, imagine 13 blitzes right. against a second career starter. Yeah, the zero sack sticks out to me. And you don't sack him one time. And then he's 8 for 13 for 150. It's not like he was throwing the ball in the stands and he went, you know, whatever, 3 of 13 in that uh, in those moments that they ramped up the pressure. And then down the field. Because if you watch the first quarter on Monday night, it was literally Chad Pennington, dink and dunk <laughs> central like no other. Um, I think I said earlier in the week, at one point, Jamar Chase had nine yards on five catches. And I was like, what in the, is this Army Navy through the air right now? Like, what is going on right now? And then as soon as that second quarter came, Brownie hit his first 10. So he's 10 for 10 to start the game. All of a sudden, it was Joe Burrow playbook. And they opened it up big time. Browning on throws over 10 yards on Monday night, 8 of 9 for 180. So if you look at what he did against the Blitz, if you look at what he did throwing the ball down the field, that ain't no backup. That ain't no young quarterback. That is a, I mean, he was a dynamic QB on Monday night. Now the question becomes, was it fool's gold? Was this just, you know, whatever. Jacksonville doesn't have a lot of film on him. You know, he's obviously working with great weapons. You know, is this just kind of a flash in the pan? Or, you know, to steal the Jake Query analogy, you know, is this a bit of a donut tire from a backup quarterback? And the more and more that you that you use it, the more and more that you see this guy, it catches up to him. I, I would also add this one point to go back to the Stephen Holder comment that you brought up earlier and the disappointment in the playoffs. If you presented the playoff picture to me right now, I I would say the Colts do make the playoffs just based off what it looks like. Agreed. Given the quarterback slate that you have upcoming. It's kind of wild to say this. If you gave the parameters, non-rookie starting QB, and also said they were healthy, because I just don't think Baker Mayfield was healthy the rest of that game after he got hurt early on against the Colts. So if you just threw out those two things, non-rookie starting QB and a healthy QB, the Colts faced a bunch of them early in the season. You faced Trevor Lawrence twice. You faced Lamar Jackson. You faced Matthew Stafford. You faced Derek Carr. Andy, since Derek Carr, which was right at the midway point of the season, you're not going to see a single one the rest of the way. No, not you're a not. single quarterback that you would label under the qualifications as non-rookie and healthy. Nobody falls into that group um, ever since that New Orleans game, and so that just kind of adds to the reason why. Again, I thought the schedule was super manageable all year long. I didn't even think it would look this manageable but having said that I do think in Cincinnati in Pittsburgh a week from Saturday even Atlanta a couple weeks from now maybe even the Raiders and then Houston to close out the year you are going up a tier you you, you might be going up a couple of tiers in competition based off who you've played in recent weeks Cincinnati's got a lot of warts oh, a lot of warts but they still have some things that I think would make me uh, stay up at night if I were the Colts. By the way, by the way, you mentioned Jake. Uh, Query was asking the guys. I believe he was wondering if Eddie Garrison and company yesterday would have given him his peacock, their peacock password for him. Would you? Uh, <laughs> are you a lender of passwords out there? You know, Netflix cut that out this the, the, within the past year. Yeah, I gave for a all buddy of mine my um, 
my Bally subscription <laughs> earlier in the year. I, I believe well, that, that is working work anyway. for yeah. him. Um, but I I did not uh, <laughs> flaunt. Can I say that I did not flaunt the Peacock password? Oh goodness! The Does that make of, sense? I, I believe JMV said he just listened to Fish and Eric Seward. Is that what he did? He went old school. Uh-huh. He's I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pay five ninety nine to watch these damn games. Two things quickly. And again, Chris Denary gonna join us in about twelve minutes, top of the eight o'clock hour. Two things I got thinking of. If Browning, I don't know how I want to say this. If they would have lost in overtime and Browning threw, instead of throwing for 354 and being, what was it, 32 of 37, if Browning had a few more incompletions and, I don't know, maybe had 285 yards, would we view him differently? Because he was a star on Monday. I mean, he was one of the main reasons, the main reason they went on the road in Jacksonville. And then the second thing, I got thinking about this last night because I'm sick and twisted on these sorts of things. Isn't it a good thing Jake Browning did what he did on Monday night to Jacksonville? Oh, yeah. Because – This could have happened to you, right? Because I went into that game. I told people, there were four people in a Survivor League that I was in. And I put my money with the stupid Jacksonville Jaguars at home. And they're bad at home. They're not good when they're playing in in Jacksonville. I do. But I did that because (laughs) I did not have the confidence in Jake Browning. And then he did what he did on Monday. And for me, the way I viewed it is now the Colts know that guy can play. It's easy to say because let's just all be honest. When 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 a quarterback like Burrow, who is at the very top of his profession as a starting quarterback in the NFL, goes down... We automatically write off the team, do we not? We write off the backup. We do this like, like damn near one hundred percent of the time. Maybe now Minshew will get his flowers, and perhaps Josh Dobbs has earned. You know, there's a couple guys in the NFL that have kind of earned the right that if they come in, that you you know you pay attention, you sit up in your seat. But for the most part, when a big time quarterback goes down, it's done, it's over. That's how I feel. And then the first game, Browning against the Steelers. And the Steelers have, of course, a good defense, a very good defense. Um, he looks like he, he, you know, he doesn't really belong in the NFL. And if I'm playing, if they played this game last week between the Colts and Bengals, KB, I, I would worry that you would be caught off guard. Jacksonville was caught off guard. They were caught off guard that thinking, oh, Browning, he's going to dink and dunk, right? I mean, he's not going to be able to go 72 yards. He's not going to be able to push the ball down the field they're not going to run the Joe Burrow offense with this guy and then they did in the second quarter the third quarter fourth quarter and into overtime so you know listen I I, I know it's a great wake-up call yeah that's exactly what it's a wake-up call that pardon the pun on the name of the show it's a wake-up call that 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 this happened to Jacksonville you know this guy's got some ball in him do not let it happen to you plus i also think it helps that it was monday night football where so many nfl guys Everybody's are, are watching, are watching right. it's not sunday at one game and you know i i can hear people out there you're a professional you should prepare like you know for everyone there's a human element to all of this so um i do think that is advantageous to the colts um, again we did see a jake browning gardner minshew matchup back in the old yeah, when was this? 2018 yeah. Apple Cup. Yeah, Washington, Washington, Washington State. Washington, Washington State. To say it was snowing in that game would be putting it lightly. 
you actually had, and I kind of forgot about this. What year was that again? Uh, 2018. 2018. Let me look that up. Washington right. State was on the fringe of a playoff berth. They oh, had sure. one loss. They were ranked number eight in the nation, uh, and they actually lost that game to Washington. I think probably no one cares about the stat lines for the two quarterbacks in that game, but uh, I'll just give them to you. Jake Browning was 11 of 14 for 207 and a pick. <laughs> I'm looking at it. Gardner Minshew, 26 of 35 for 152 and two picks there as Washington and Jake Browning defeated Gardner Minshew, Mike Leach and company, 28 to 15 and that one. The point that you bring up goes back to kind of my earlier one, Andy, of why the Grover Stewart presence is so big on Sunday. It's not that Cincinnati's this menacing run game. Yes, Joe Mixon's a really nice player. Most scrimmage yards of the season he had on Monday night. It's the fact that Gus Bradley can sit there for one time, for the Mm -hmm. first time in six weeks, and say, all right, with Stewart, maybe we don't have to commit as much to stopping the run. And does that now allow me to say, all right, Jamar Chase, here's a double. All right, T. Higgins, we might be able to cover you a little bit more intently than, you know, ideally, or I shouldn't say ideally, than than we could have in recent weeks without Grover Stewart. Um, if you want to nerd out over a few numbers here. Oh, let's go. Give me some numbers. Yeah. Again, Bengals and Steelers, each of the next two weeks here for the Colts. Uh, if you play the old playoff predictor, if the Colts take care of business. They go 2-0 and in these two games. Okay. 95% chance. Oof. Of making the playoffs, you go one and one in those two, uh, just north of a coin flip, about 65 ish percent. Okay, on that, if you go zero and two, your playoff odds shrink to twenty one percent. So again, these are monumental games uh, for the Colts and their playoff chances. Obviously, the head to head tiebreakers up for grabs in each of these, with the six and six Bengals and then the seven and five Steelers next week. All right, on the other side, we will get to the TV voice of the Pacers. No duties tonight for Chris Denary. What's his favorite table game, do we know? Well, hey, he's not out there. That. No, but I'm saying in general. Like, if he were out there. I, he does not strike me as a major gambler <laughs> in that scene, but... Who knows? You know, Chris Denary coached me in basketball back in the day. Did he really? Everyone's Denary, coached you coach in basketball. for me. Uh, he joins us next here. It's the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com. And talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. This is much better entrance music than what Greg Doyle wanted uh, on Monday, KB, I believe. A little hootie on a Thursday to get you ready. You were bobbing that head of yours. I was. I know our next guest is. Yeah, Chris Denary joins us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. We'll talk some Pacers with him. Chris, uh, I was mentioning we were laughing because I think you were talking to our producer about getting some hootie in the blowfish. And I said, I think that was either my first, second, or third CD that I got. It was either this or maybe a Matchbox 20, perhaps, uh, was one of the first ones. Did a little 3 a.m. action yeah, there with little, Matchbox little 20. Th- little 3 a.m. Who was the lead singer? Rob Thomas. Rob Thomas, I believe. Chris, good morning. Thank you for joining us. How are you today? Hey, it's great. Good morning. Uh, in-season tournament, uh, semifinal day. So 
Um, as KB knows, I'm going to be like everybody else. I'm going to be watching on my uh, big screen. So I'm not in Vegas. Uh, it's an ESPN-only telecast. So uh, I think I, I made a note. It's been 131 straight games that I've done. And the last time I watched a Pacers game uh, and not doing it was two years ago when they beat Golden State on TNT. Um, and that was before the Tyrese Halliburton trade. So I've done every wow. one of Tyrese's games uh, before tonight, and I'll be a fan like everybody else. Now, Chris, I, I've known you for a long, long time. You are very even keel. Um, it's one of my favorite qualities about you. Having said that, what will be your emotions tonight when the fourth quarter rolls around? <laughs> you know, you, you probably I, – I become more of a fan, there's no question, uh, because – it's a lot different than, you know, when you're calling a game, when you have a job to do. I mean, I mean, it is the one thing that, you know, we're around the group, we're around the team, and I think people that watch the games know uh, we want the Pacers to win. There's no question about that. But we also try to be a bit as objective and, and give, you know, the telecast uh, w- what it needs to be given. But it's uh, – it, I, I thought Monday night was just huge for the franchise. I mean, the the – the emotion and the feel in the building, I don't think we had seen anything like that uh, since probably game six of the Pacers Cavalier series. What is that, about f- six years ago? Um, I think we've had some really good regular season crowds uh, since the trade was made, uh, you know, almost two years ago for Tyrese. But uh, the emotion in the building, I mean, it was, it was a special night. And I think we'll go a long way to, you know, what this team can be moving forward. But uh, definitely it'll be a lot different watching the game. I mean, I think I get a lot more nervous, you know, when I'm watching a game than when I'm doing a game. Uh, Year 18, right? Yeah, year 18, right. Year 18 for Chris Sinari here, the TV voice of the Pacers. Tonight, though, it'll be 5 o'clock tip from Vegas on ESPN. That'll be Mike Breen, a little crossover with Reggie Miller alongside Doris Burke and Lisa Salters. Chris, before we dive deeper into, okay, the Bucks and, and this matchup specifically, it's probably the most popular question I've gotten all week long and I was curious, do you know any sort of insight on why the 5 o'clock tip is happening tonight and not something a little bit later into the night? No, I don't know. I mean, you know, the one thing looking at the way they've arranged the game times, it reminds me a little bit of what they did in the bubble. Um, they they gave a lot of uh, space uh, between the games. It's it's different than an NCAA tournament. It's different than, you know, high school basketball where, you know, the game is over and then you get a 20-minute warm-up and you come out. I think, I think the reason, you know, there's more space is because – you know what NBA teams like to do? They like to have those 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 pregame individual warmups. So I'm assuming that you know the Pacers game starts. I think tip is at five thirteen, so it's it's not even at five. But you, you think about two and a half hours. That's about seven thirty, and then it gives the next game. It, it gives New Orleans and the Lakers a chance to come out and and do their individual stuff before that. That's the only thing I can figure. And and maybe the other thing is is they just felt that they didn't want the second game to start too late. But if you look at the TV ratings from the other night, the Phoenix Lakers game did almost two million people, and it tipped after ten o'clock. So I'm you know I'm a little surprised 
that, you know, it's a five o'clock and a nine o'clock tip, but I think maybe that's part of the reason why. Chris Denary joining us here on the Wake Up Call on the Fan Payless Liquors Hotline on this Thursday. A gut feeling after such, uh, you know, earlier in the week, after such emotion, winning that game, really people paying attention to not only Halliburton, but the Pacer team uh, as a whole. How do you think they play tonight against Milwaukee? No, I think they'll, I think they'll be ready to go. I, I go back to Saturday night as well. Uh, the, the win in Miami without Tyrese, I thought was very important uh, for this group uh, because you know remember the last time they played without Tyrese, they go to Boston, they get beat by fifty-one. Um, no Tyrese on Saturday, they score one hundred forty-four points against I think a, a really good you know Miami team, a good franchise uh, that was in the NBA Finals a year ago. So. Uh, you know, hopefully they build on that and build on what they what they did on Monday. Um, I think they'll be ready to go. I think they'll you know make the adjustments they have to make. This is going to be a, a different Bucks team uh, than they saw than they beat earlier in the month because you've got Damian Lillard that's healthy. But on the on the flip side is Giannis won't have the ball in his hands as much as he had in Game One when he went for over fifty. Uh, but this is a very talented Bucks team. I mean. Um, you know, if, if you're going to win this first ever NBA Cup, you're going to have to beat some pretty good teams. And if you look back at group play, if you would have told anybody in the summer that it would be the Pacers that would come out of a group that included Cleveland, Philadelphia, and Atlanta, all playoff teams, you know, I don't think anybody would have believed that. And then to go to the semifinals, you have to beat at, the, at this time, you know, the team that's playing probably the best in the NBA in Boston – and now, potentially, to, to win it, it's the Bucks, and then potentially the Lakers if they beat New Orleans tonight. So uh, I think they'll be ready to go. I, I'm sure they'll have, a, they'll have a always, you know, Rick has a really good game plan, and uh, it, it'll be something to, to watch tonight. Yeah, I thought Pat Boylan mentioned that the Pacers have been underdogs in four of the five in-season mm-hmm. tournament games and obviously have won. Four of those five. Again, Kristen Aries with us here on the Payless Slickers Hotline. The coverage tonight, ESPN. Uh, Chris and company will be back on Monday uh, in Detroit as the Pacers get back started with their normal schedule, if you will. Um, I, I want to continue to go back to that first matchup. It, it kind of struck me that I had forgotten that it wasn't really Obi Toppin on that Giannis matchup. That was actually a game Daniel Tice got in and guarded Giannis a little bit. So as you look ahead to tonight, obviously from a center standpoint, we know Jalen Smith isn't going to play in Vegas. Daniel Tice isn't even on the roster. Do you think it is going to be Miles Turner initially, or do you put Turner on Lopez and give Obi Toppin that Giannis assignment? Yeah, I tend to think it'll be, I think it'll be Toppin just from the standpoint that I don't think you want to put Miles in that situation from a foul standpoint, you know, because Giannis is so good at drawing fouls and Lopez, while he's a good rebounder and a good shot blocker on the defensive end, he likes to hang out around the three point line. And so I just think from a protection standpoint as well, you want miles on the floor as much as you can, and you don't want him in foul trouble. You don't have Jalen Smith. Uh, Isaiah Jackson has done some nice things, but he's undersized. So um, I, I'm, I would think it would be topping. And then you've got Aaron Neesmith that, you know, is a really good defender. He's undersized, but but he's going to give you everything he has. So that's what I guess I would anticipate. What, what's interesting tonight, if you look at the matchup, they do have Lillard, and and so they're similar from a Boston standpoint, where they 
have two guys that can get 60 between them. Um, but they don't have Pat Connaughton tonight off the bench, and they don't have Jay Crowder. And so it, it's a little bit different look that the Pacers will see tonight uh, in Vegas with this Milwaukee team. Who do we think? Pat Connaughton, one of my favorite athletes of all oh, time, I, by the I way. Knew, yeah, I knew sorry, exactly I, what I you were going to say. I, I did, love him. I did see his name, and I did think of you. I'm not exactly sure why. Uh, Kristen Airy with us. This is for both of you. If I give you Buddy Heald, uh, Dame Lillard, and Tyrese Halliburton, who shoots the deepest three tonight? Is it Dame? Oh, man. Because, I mean, th- these three guys are yeah, shooting uh-huh. from the logo tonight oh, in Vegas, right? From the strip, yeah. yeah. From the sphere, probably. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I would go Dame or Tyrese. I mean, Buddy has – he has range, but I don't, I don't think he has – in my opinion, I don't think he has the same range as Dame or Tyrese. And, and, and I like Buddy – um, I like Buddy right around the three-point line or, you know, a few feet past. Now, Tyrese and Lillard, you know, I've done enough games over the years. I, I remember doing a game in Portland where Lillard came across the eight-second line, <laughs> and I think he launched it from the Blazers logo. Sure. And it was nothing but net. So I, I would say I, I would say it would be between Tyrese and Damian Lillard tonight to see who – who uh, gets off the longest three. Yeah, I, I think that's accurate. I would say Buddy's light might be a little bit more neon green than anybody else. I mean, all of them have, obviously, green, green lights, but I just Buddy, to me, I mean, as soon as he touches that thing, you know it's going going up. That was a huge shot he hit the other night, by the way, to kind of put that game on ice. Well, I think that the one thing about Buddy is he's always a threat. You know, he he's, he's shooting better than 40%. Now, he's had, you know, he's had some lulls, but you always have to account for him. I mean, it's like football. He's like the wide receiver that you always know is out there and may not be targeted, but you've, you've got to pay him a lot of attention. And, and you're right. He had a tremendous uh, you know, game, I thought, on Monday. And I thought he did a nice job defensively as well. I, I think Buddy does a really good job, and he's gotten better of being on ball where buddy gets caught sometimes is in a help situation. But uh, you know, the three he hit after Tyrese made the four point play, you, finally you saw the Pacers, you know, get that lead to seven after they had led by 11 in the second half and, and Boston had made that run. But uh, I just thought that was a tremendous pass. That's the connection that buddy and Tyrese have that, you know, goes back to their days in Sacramento. I mean, you watch that play again, and they had Horford on him, and and Heald did a really good job of rubbing him off a screen underneath and coming back out to the top. Uh, You know, the Pacers only had five seconds on the shot clock, and and that was a huge shot. TV voice of the Pacers, Kristen Airy, joining us here on this Thursday Payless Liquors Hotline. You know, early in the season when – um, you know, when when we knew this tournament was going to be going on, I read some quotes and some players, you know, kind of dismissed it. It's one of 82. These guys make a ton of money. Most of them do. So the money isn't always uh, the biggest thing. But lately, you know, the Pacers, Rick Carlisle, Tyrese Halliburton have put such a, a forefront on this saying, hey, we want to win this. We, we, you know, we're taking this seriously. And LeBron James said something similar the other day. And then Dame Lillard as well, getting ready his press of availability is getting ready for the game this afternoon has been very vocal that he loves it he thinks the NBA hit a home run with this I guess are you surprised that these very rich multi-millionaire guys are buying in and have bought in seemingly to the in-season tournament because I am 
I'm really not. Not being around these guys, because when you put something out there that you have a chance to win, I don't care what it is, that they want to win it. And I I think especially since this one is the first one, uh, it it will be special. You'll look back and think, hey, that that was the first in-season tournament. And, and I think most of these guys, you know, one, you have a lot of international players that are playing in the NBA now that are familiar more with FIBA and, and, and cup play, not just World Cup play, but maybe Euro League and all that kind of stuff, Euro Cup. And you look at soccer, um, you, you have some of these instances where it's not just if you've won the game, but how many points did you win by point differential and all that. And then I've heard some of the players say it reminds them of a little bit of AAU. Um, and so many of these players have come up through the AAU system. So, um, no, I'm I, I'm not surprised, but I do think it's it's been even better than any of us thought. And, and you know, people can love or hate the floors, but – I've I've really enjoyed it because every when those nights came, I knew what was on the line. And doing the games, the the two at Gamebridge Fieldhouse and the group play, and then of course the game on Monday, and then the game in Philadelphia and Atlanta, it just had a different feel. It really did. It did not feel like a regular season game in November or like Monday. It didn't feel like a regular season game in December. So I really think it's something that is a nice add-on for the NBA. And, uh, you know, they'll, they'll do some tweaks in the future, but I, I think everybody across the board has to be really happy. And with the buy-in that the players and the coaches and everybody has shown, um, I think that'll carry over in future years. All right, Chris, last one for me. I have no idea if this is even possible, but let's throw out the hypothetical the Pacers win tonight. We know that Saturday is ESPN at 830 um, for the championship game of the in-season tournament. Uh, right, can we get you, JJ, and company on a flight out there? for Maybe just a post-game show. And I want you to celebrate in Vegas just in case they do win it all, and then you guys fly to Detroit after that with the team. Is that possible? Well, right now I would say no. I mean, right now it's, uh, you know, this is, this is sort of like I've had in the past where you just, you, you, you're a fan, right? Because it's, uh, it's a national, it's a national telecast. So that, that's one of the things that, you know, as I look back at my Pacers career, you know, back to the Eastern conference finals in 13 and 14, we were always able to do the first round, but after that you become a spectator. We would do some post game shows, um, but it, it's a whole lot different, let me tell you, when you're when you're not there and not a part of it. Like I said, um, I've done every one of, of Tyrese's games since he's you know been with the Indiana Pacers. So it'll be a little bit surreal to be sitting in my basement uh, watching the big screen. Um, but I'll um, I remember that game you know two years ago. You know, watching the Golden State game that was a ten thirty start, and it's one o'clock in the morning, and the Pacers I think took it to overtime and won the game. I was jumping around. I, I had a – during the timeouts, I have like an indoor putting green, and I was <laughs> so nervous that I would just go over and start putting during the commercial breaks. That's and then great. Go back. So You're just missing I, everything because yeah, your hands are yeah. shaking. How'd you do? I was about to say, how'd you do? Did you make 20% well, of them or what? 
Well, I've got to figure that out today. That putting green is not up in the basement, but it's in the storage room. I may need to get that out today <laughs> and uh, have it ready to go during the commercial break. Yeah, honey, are you in there getting Christmas decorations out? No, no I'm no. ironing the putting green and making sure that it's good for <laughs> tonight. Uh, Chris, keep those emotions in check. Or honestly, just feel all the emotions tonight. Uh, Going to be a great one at 5 o'clock. And uh, I guess safe travels to maybe Vegas, but more likely Detroit coming up. On, uh, right, on, on Monday. All right. Thanks, guys. That's Kristen Airy right there on the Payless Liquors Hotline. I, you know, I've thought more and more about these start times for the game. Again, 5 o'clock and 9. And as Are you Chris, buying into it or what? As Chris points out, you know, if you want to get technical, and this is probably good for our audience that is working until 5 o'clock. Uh, it sounds like tip is not till 5.13 tonight, so that could save you in a little rush hour traffic home. Why not 6 and 10 p.m.? Because you know that the 10 p.m. slot is the Western teams. And I look at it this way. The 6 o'clock game with the Eastern Conference teams, that's over before Thursday night football starts. And then we all watch the first half of Thursday night football and we think, why in the bleeping you-know-what are we watching Patriots and Steelers? So by (laughs) halftime, we're so fed up and done with watching that game of Mac Jones and Mitchell Trubisky that then we want to turn over for the second semifinal game between Lakers and Pelicans. Uh, Yeah, plus, I mean, past 10 o'clock, we're used to on the East Coast, you know, Midwest, whatever it may be, the Eastern time zone, we're used to those games starting at 10-15. Right. If you're going to stay up for Lakers-Suns, you know that that's going to be a game that you're going to be up well past midnight if you're going to stay up uh, and watch those games. You know what I got thinking while Chris was talking? And I don't think Bally's could do this. There's probably some sort of contractual reason or whatever. But if they could have got all the guys like a watch party, you know, like a watch well, party, I, watch it on the app. You know, like Levitard shows done that ESPN. Like a second the, viewing yeah, experience? Yeah, like the alternate broadcast. You okay. know, ESPN has done a lot of alternate broadcast. Barstool does a lot of, you know, you can watch along if they have a big game or whatever. It's kind of becoming a popular thing. It might be something we do here with the fan. I don't know. Okay. You know, okay, Purdue, that you. One, Purdue in that 116 matchup, we all get in a room Easy and we now. all, uh, we all get nervous that, uh, you know, they might not beat a 16 seed. You know what I'm talking about. Well, that's I'm over. kidding. That's over a game bridge in all likelihood, right? As long it as is. Purdue well, it continues is. to have one of the top it seeds. Is. Yeah, those tickets are available. Get those get those tickets. Again, 5 o'clock tonight, so that means John will have, what is it, 4.30 for him? I'm trying to think how long does Mark Boyle and Pat Boylan go for the pregame show. Yeah, our, they go our half pre- hour? yeah our pregame begins at 4.30, so JMV, a little half show today. How about that? Okay, he'll be a little bit earlier today, and again, if the Pacers win, that will be 8.30 Saturday, and if they lose, Andy, they're done. There's no third-place game. This game tonight does count towards the 82-game season. And if you are looking at it from a financial standpoint, everybody on the Pacers roster guaranteed at least $100,000 for making the semifinals. If they win tonight and lose in the title, that is $200,000. If they win it all, that is $500,000 apiece. For the the winners, it's going to be good to be the Gucci store in Vegas uh, with the winners taking their winnings over and buying a new mm-hmm, bag immediately. Right. I would think uh, bottle service. I would think cigars. I would think maybe some other activities oh in Vegas. Oh, goodness. A $400 um, bottle of, uh, yes. of vodka. You you want to be the person contacting the Pacers and <laughs> saying, would you like to set up a party through us here potentially have after you, the game? Have you ever done the Vegas Saturday bottle night. service? Uh, I've in done your Vegas life? once, and honestly, it's very blurry. Yeah. What I recall. It was about 10 years ago. 
it was my first bachelor party. Oh, you told me that. Yeah. yeah. You, you told Which, me you that. Know, the first bachelor party, you all think, yo, Boy, yeah, I'm going to go 180 miles per hour. You guys hour went and, big. Yeah. You get hit in the face real hard, real quick. <laughs> you, guys, you guys went big. I got thinking you mentioned uh, Halliburton's dad. What's his name? John? John, Is it John Halliburton. Halliburton. I need to uh-huh. learn that. Uh, John just left today. He just left this morning, and you made a great point. I go, well, why didn't he get up there early? My man's hoping to stay the entire weekend, or he's staying the entire weekend anyway. He's staying. He ain't going to do He doesn't need to go to Detroit, right? He's, oh, he doesn't need to make that trip. Uh, yeah. He'll stay in Vegas. You're going to pick and choose your road trips here, and when this one you know pops up on the schedule, you're certainly going to do that. All right, before we get to a morning check down, can I just throw two things your way, and then we'll get to well, a check down? I, I, uh, yes, and, and I did want to say this. Go ahead. Let's not hang the banner. Well, I mean, no, celebrate hang- the end-season tournament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Celebrate it. Enjoy it. I, I've been a fan of the end-season tournament, but banner hanging. I, again, <laughs> Jim Irsay's kind of, you know, rubbed me the wrong way with the uh, different banners inside of Lucas Oil Stadium. Well, the Knicks Celebrate it. it. Enjoy it. I thought Halburn had a great comment yesterday of like, you know, I'll probably react to this title differently than LeBron will react to uh, this title. Yeah. Uh, yes, we can enjoy, we can celebrate, great accomplishment. Don't think we need to have thought, Boomer up in the rack. Yeah, I thought it. you might scold me over that because my thing was I kind of laughed it off. I go, no, enjoy your trophy, enjoy your money. You can enjoy don't it. no damn banner. But again, we don't need to be stitching something up there next to, you know. What, Reggie and well, that's Roger just, Brown? You know what that is? It's just there. the internet's going to make fun of you. That's what it is. The internet's going to make fun of I you. I mean, the Quit- Colts are the laughing meme with oh, that banner. Oh, yeah, no. They're, now, the Knicks have had a little bit. They hung a couple banners, you know, but the, the Colts, unfortunately for Colts fans, yeah, yeah. When you think of memes involving a banner that should not be in the rafters, especially when you've won a Super Bowl, that would be one of them. Carlisle was actually asked about this yesterday. Oh, I think you'll see a banner of some sort. I mean, that's up to the teams. I mean, I, I don't think, I don't think that, you know, I don't know this, but, you know, I see banners of all kinds in all different arenas. This is not an insignificant thing at all. You know, it's uh, certainly this being the first one is uh, extra special. Well, so there you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah, have to disagree with Coach a we, little bit. We, we might have to toss that his way. Uh, before up we get Tuesday. to a check down, you just mentioned money, and it made me think of a story that I marked that I wanted to get to. Did you happen to see the Jacksonville Jaguar employee, now former employee, who was accused of stealing over a four-year period over $22 million from the Jags? I was shocked the Jags <laughs> had that much money. My man, uh, I think this is Amit Patel, uh, wire fraud, illegal monetary transaction. This came out yesterday. This over a four-year period, he was a financial employee of the team. Of course he was. Uh, the number I was is, really hoping he was the mascot. Boy, he could have been. Uh, 22.2 mil he bought. Now, what did he buy? He bought what we all would buy. He bought a condo. He bought a Tesla Model 3. He bought crypto. He chartered private jets, luxury hotel stays, a country club membership, and multiple luxury wristwatches. <laughs> I was hoping they'd be like, yeah, he bought oh, chlorine for the pool inside oh, the stadium man. there. He's like, why is a meat? Why is he why is he this blinged out? Like we know he makes a good amount here with with the team, but can he really afford a private jet for yeah, you know, five uh, different $100,000 watches in a Tesla? Yeah. What's going on here? Country Club membership, <laughs> Tesla, the whole nine. All right, Rob Blackman and a few. Purdue north of the oh, border man. against Alabama up in Toronto coming up this weekend. We'll get more on kind of that, that game, how it got set up and everything in a few. Let's morning check down it.
Yeah, the big one tonight we've been talking about there in Vegas. It is Pacers. It is Bucks 4.30. Our coverage beginning here on The Fan. One thing we talked a little bit with Chris Denary there, you know, managing the buzz around the team. So many people watching and seeing the Pacers for the first time. Here's Tyrese Halliburton yesterday. How do you not feel the buzz? We all got social media. We all got stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it's, it's hard not to. But, you know, like we've talked about all year, the better we play, the more love we're going to to get and um, you got to you know take that in stride but understand that can be a poison to a sense at the same time you still got to do what you do and um, approach the game the same and you know just play patient basketball at the end of the day you know, curious to see Bruce Brown on Damian Lillard tonight. Again, Lillard did not play in that first matchup. A height standpoint, Bruce Brown much better suited, you know, to face off against a guy like Lillard compared to some of these bigger wings, maybe in the East he's been asked to guard. So obviously that'll be a big one and a big difference from these teams meeting a month ago in which the Pacers got the W. Uh, just a walkthrough yesterday for the Colts, but the injury report looked like this. The guys that did not participate – Braden Smith, knee injury. Juju Brents, a quad. Jonathan Taylor, right thumb. And EJ Speed, who left for two plays in overtime with a knee injury there, but did return to that game. So those four obviously will be keeping an eye on. I don't expect Taylor to play. So those other three, I guess, uh, coming into today, their first practice of the week. And then late yesterday, practice squad member al Kadeen Muhammad hmm. suspended by the NFL six games, performance-enhancing drugs. That name might be a little bit more familiar to Colts fans than most practice squad guys. Uh, he actually started every single game for the team two years ago, left and joined uh, Chicago last season with Matt Eberflus, uh, back with the Colts. I think right around training camp is when they signed him this year. Uh, and then again, uh, he's been on the practice squad, has not played in a game all year long. Can I ask you something about him? When when a guy like this who is a practice squad player, when he gets popped, do you view it differently than Grover Stewart? I mean, Grover Stewart's such a huge part of this defense. Uh, with him, I almost view he's trying to stay in the NFL. Like some people say, well, he's, he's doing everything he can to stay in the NFL, so he's taking a chance, right? We didn't do that with Grover Stewart. We scolded Grover Stewart. How could you do this? You're going to be out six games. The team needs you. But when it's a guy more towards the back end of a roster, you say, well, I mean, if he can, you know, it was the old baseball thing. If he can stay in the show, he'll make this much money. If he doesn't stay in the show, he'll be in double A baseball. Yeah, I'll be totally honest. My care factor is just not very high. And, and it's that's, not a story, no. Right, and that's just probably reality of how you view guys within the roster hierarchy. You know, it's kind of funny. Yesterday we saw the fake John Rothstein account. Hunter Dickinson has been suspended for three games. Oh, and, I didn't you know, see this. That includes Indiana. Again, uh, sure it a, does. A, a fake account. If that was a Kansas walk-on you know, you just keep on scrolling, but because it was Hunter Dickinson, right. IU fans are falling in the trap and they're retweeting it, and then they realize it's a fake account. <laughs> did so, any did anyone reputable uh, retweet it? I, I believe there were. I won't a call out people. anybody here, okay. but yes, I, I I do believe a few were uh, duped by the old fake John Ross. Okay, two yesterday. two things. Uh, I view Twitter as funny most of the time. So the Adarn Schefter, remember, where the M instead of the M, it would be an R and an N. The Adarn Schefter yes, made it look correct. like Adam uh-huh. Schefter a few years ago. And then I have a buddy does sports radio in uh, in Nashville. And remember, uh, is it Gerard Mayo when he was still playing with the Tennessee Titans? Th- there was some story with him, and his producer got fooled by a fake Schefter or Mordenson or somebody else, and he did an entire segment on Mayo being like out. 
being like injured or traded or suspended or something. And uh, that did not go over well, I believe, during a commercial break. You get, That's funny. Come you, on. You get duped and it can get ugly there pretty quickly. We've all been duped. Uh, lastly, Thursday night football. That is Patriots and Steelers. The over-under is 30. Oh. That's the lowest the NFL has seen in three decades. Uh, yeah, uh, again, the Colts need the Patriots to win if you're looking at it from a playoff standpoint. Rob Blackman, Voice of the Boilers, next. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. All right, been a big uh, fun show today. Appreciate Kristen Neri joining us. Rob Blattman going to join us here in just a moment. Purdue basketball back in action on Saturday against Nate Oates. I like Nate Oates. Alabama, not as good this season than number one Arizona on that Super Saturday here in Indy on December 16th. Going to be a lot of fun as well. Reminder, you miss any of our show, any of the shows here on The Fan, you can find us 1075thefan.com. Let's go on on out to the Payless Liquors Hotline. Rob Blackman joins us, voice of Purdue men's basketball. Rob, good morning, sir. Thanks for joining us. How are you? Doing very well, Andy. And let me say, I'm a huge fan of your call screener, Kylan. Mm-hmm. For the first time ever in my history of doing these shows, she actually asked me what I would like for the song to be playing yep. as you came out of commercial break. I've never been asked that before. Of course, I panicked because I'd never been asked before. I didn't know what to say. Um, but I thought that was pretty damn cool. If I had to do it all over again... I would have asked for a Kiss song since Ooh, okay. the Kiss, fan, Kiss fans know they played their final show ever this past weekend at Madison Square Garden. I should have gone with Kiss. I panicked. I apologize to Kylan, but I do appreciate the gesture. Well, we'll have some outro music. Yeah, we'll I was going to say. The outro, dial that up to send you off to Toronto, Rob. Cool, cool. You know, that's funny. The only time I've ever seen those guys live in person was in Toronto like five years ago. Hmm. I went went up there and saw him. So yeah, that's kind of that's kind of cool. At least for an old guy like me. <laughs> is it their final show or is it kind of their final show? And they'll be back, you know, in two years down the road. What do you think? I know, yes, yeah, because they they pulled this before. Yeah, haven't they? everyone it's, does. Yeah, it's, it's a no, Tony Kanaan Indy five hundred feel to it. <laughs> yeah, they they claim that this was it. This past weekend, never again will they step on stage. So that's wow. what they say for now, anyway. He is voice of the Boilers, diehard Kiss fan. That would be Rob Blackman with us here on the Payless Slickers Hotline. Rob, I was honestly hoping, like, for you to, which you always do, but, you know, a little bit of an education on this game. I, I, I kind of, obviously, the Zach Eady sort of reunion, try to get him a game north of the border, et cetera, et cetera. But how did this game kind of come about? Alabama is the opponent with Purdue playing in Toronto coming up on Saturday. Yeah, so the way it's been explained to me, and I think this is correct, Actually, a promoter uh, reached out to Purdue uh, really early spring of last year and said, hey, would you guys like to come up to uh, to Toronto uh, and play a game for, because of the Zach Eady connection? Uh, the only, and again, this is how it was explained to me, the only caveat was the promoter did not want Purdue if Zach Eady was going to leave for the NBA uh, because then obviously the game doesn't make a whole lot of sense <laughs> him being a Toronto kid. Uh so when 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 Zach made it uh, made that decision that he was going to come back uh, come back and play his senior season at Purdue, 
uh, then was, then they were like, yeah, okay, so let's do it. So that's the way I understood it. Uh, it's also my understanding, I think, and I don't know the young man's name, so I'll apologize. I think Alabama actually also used to have a Toronto kid on their roster, but he did not come back. Uh, so he's no longer with them. So there would have been two Toronto kids playing in this game. But but anyway, that's from a Purdue standpoint, that's how it all that all came about was, look, we'd love to have you, but uh, but uh, Zach Eady has to be on your team. <laughs> so <laughs> when he decided to come back, then they're like, okay, yeah, we'll we'll still have you guys for this game. Everyone had their passport? Uh, to the best of my knowledge, <laughs> yes. It's going to be pretty embarrassing uh, for a, one of our players or coaches if they don't because we're, we're actually headed up there uh, tonight. Uh, we're going to have an extra day up there for uh, I, I don't really know why, but typically we'd only leave the day before the game. But, but yes, I guess we'll find out tonight at the Purdue Airport if someone doesn't have a pass. Have you, have you spent time in Toronto? Pardon me? Have you spent time in Canada or Toronto? It's a great city. Uh, well, uh, so I actually worked the Kiss. Uh, actually, I've been there three times. Uh, saw the Kiss concert. I actually worked an IndyCar race, the the Toronto race, like five years ago. But the first time I ever went uh, was way back when, when I was working for the Indiana Firebirds in the Arena Football League in Toronto. Actually, had a team and we played up there. So, wow, <laughs> that's going way back. But uh, yeah, so I've been up there a few times. Gosh, I didn't have the Firebirds in the bingo card today. Uh, Rob Blackman, <laughs> voice of the Boilers, he's with us here. As Purdue gets ready to take on Alabama up in Toronto coming up on Saturday. Um, I guess about a month into things, Rob, biggest surprise, good or bad, from the Boilers' start this season? Uh, the fact that Purdue has shot the three-point uh, ball well. I mean, not well. I haven't checked today's numbers, updated stats, but Purdue had been the number one team in the Big Ten in three-point shooting percentage. You know, last year they were at 32%, and that was just – it was really unexplainable because it's the same guys shooting them. And they, these guys were – came to Purdue as pretty skilled shooters to begin with. They just didn't shoot it very well last year as a team. Um, but, like I said, that number's up around 40 41% right now, which I do believe leads the Big Ten. Uh, so that's been the most pleasant surprise. The biggest disappointment is the fact that Purdue has not done a good job of taking care of the basketball um, you know, normally when you have guys that shoot it well, that means they're skilled. And skilled normally means you take care of the ball as well. It's kind of they go hand in hand. But for whatever reason, this group has not done a good job of that. Um, 13, probably about 12 and a half turnovers a game, just way too many. I mean, you look back at that game at Northwestern, Purdue out-rebounds Northwestern by 25 rebounds. 25 rebounds. Purdue went to the foul line 41 times and still lost. I mean, that's kind of hard to do. You, you get that many extra possessions and you go that to the foul line that many times, but it was the turnovers. Purdue, for all those extra possessions Purdue was getting back, uh, was getting, I should say, they're giving them right back to Northwestern and turnovers. So that's been the disappointing thing. Um, now, to be fair, Purdue's played some pretty good defensive teams here. Marquette, Tennessee, so that number gets inflated a little bit because a lot of teams are going to turn it over against those folks. But, but yeah, that, that turnover number needs to come down for Purdue if they want to if they want to really have a magical season. Rob Blackman when, uh, with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Voice of Purdue basketball. They're off to Canada. Big game there against Alabama. And then number one, Arizona. That's going to be a lot of fun coming up on December 16th there at GameBridge. Lance Jones, the transfer there from Southern Illinois. About 11, 12 points a game, shooting over 43%. What has he brought to the team here in just a few weeks into the season? Well, he certainly brought some uh, some veteran savvy, which uh, this group needs. You know, 
Purdue is still really a young team in the backcourt. You, you think about Braden Smith and Fletcher Lawyer, they're still just sophomores. Even though they started every game last year as freshmen, uh, the only two guys on the team to do that, by the way, Zach Eady didn't even start every game last year, but you know, those guys are still sophomores. So there's still a bit of a learning curve for them. Uh, there, there's no real learning curve for Lance Jones. I mean, he's a fifth-year guy, uh, 1,600 career points, or right at 1,600 career points now. Um, came to Purdue not only known as a scorer from Southern Illinois, but also a really good defensive player. You know, he was he was Missouri Valley Conference All-Defensive Team two years in a row. So uh, just that veteran savvy and leadership is what he's really provided. And the other thing that really, really, really helps with him is Purdue now has another capable uh, ball handler in the backcourt for full-court pressure. We saw that against Iowa uh, Monday night. Iowa has, in the past, typically really given Purdue fits with that full-court press of theirs. Uh, that was not the case on uh, on Monday night. Purdue only had eight turnovers. One of the reasons is you don't have to have Braden Smith being the only guy to try to break the press. You now finally have another capable ball handler back there to help him, uh, and it's sure easier, sure easier to break that press with, with two two capable ball, pa- ball handlers instead of one. <laughs> so that's where Lance has really added uh, a, a big-time boost. Um, I don't know if his shot selection is always something that pleases Matt Painter. <laughs> he's taken some. He's taken some. Shot a couple uh, from Attica. <laughs> yes, from Attica. Uh, uh, but but hey, listen, he also made a three-quarter court shot uh, over in, in Honolulu. So maybe that's not all bad for him. <laughs> I don't know. He is Rob Blackman. He's voice of the Boilers. He's with us here again, Purdue and Alabama coming up in Toronto on Saturday, and then a week from Saturday, right here at Gamebridge Fieldhouse against. Arizona. Um, Rob, I, I'm sure you've done the math, so I will ask you, because I have not done it, and I know Zach Eady's on the verge of passing Robbie Hummel on Purdue's all-time scoring list. I think that would push him up to 10th, if I'm not mistaken. Can correct, he pass? Correct. Is it realistic to pass Rick Mount? Like, could he get to number one? Uh, well, I haven't actually done the math as far as the hard numbers go. Uh, I have had it passed along to me by more than one person that has done the math, that it is not it's not uh, it's not out of the question. Let's put it that way. Um, now, what he would need to average for the rest of the season, how many games Purdue would have to play, that I do not know. Right, and there's a big gap from one to two, right, Joe Barry Carroll? Yes, that's where the big gap is. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but yes, it it is conceivable. And to think about, you know, you're seeing, and you guys know this, but you're seeing all these college basketball records scoring, rebounding, whatever, get obliterated these days, but they're by fifth-year and sixth-year right. guys. Mike guys Davis's kid, around. yeah. Mm-hmm. Remember, Zach, Zach's just a fourth-year guy. I mean, he, <laughs> which that sounds like old school now, right? Like, oh, my God, he was only around four years. Um, but that, he's only – now, he's played a bunch since he was a freshman, but uh, but, but he's, a, he's a four-year guy. So, um, I, I say a bunch. You, you think about his freshman and sophomore years, he was playing 19 minutes a game. So, maybe that's not a bunch. Uh, but yeah, he, it is again, I don't know the numbers. I haven't, haven't crunched him out, but, uh, you are correct. Uh, he's on the verge of passing Robbie Hummel. We'll probably do that this week for 10th. Uh, and it is 
as it's been explained to me, it is conceivable he could get to number one and pass Rick Mount. Yeah, I think he passes Hummel this weekend, and then Walter Jordan probably in Cambridge, he'll move up. Now, I did the numbers quickly. He needs 500 and, well, technically 78 points uh, to pass Mount. Those are the numbers we're looking at. If I broke that down and divided by 22, that's just the regular season games left. He would have to average 26 points per game to basically get there. But then you throw in Big Ten tournament yeah you throw in ncaa yeah. tournament so that seems doable yeah when i was looking at this morning because robbie hummel actually retweeted it late last night yeah don't uh, think we're allowed to say the word robbie hummel used no in the tweet. no he used uh, <laughs> used a bad word there that we cannot say on uh, fm radio but it, I, I looked at it and said, well, there's no way he's going to get to number one. But looking at it now, especially, you know, if you, you're you thinking three, four games, whatever it may be, three games, Big Ten tournament, you hope Purdue makes that run this year in the NCAA tournament in March. You know, Edie's going to average. He's going to be putting up over 20 a game, 25 a game. Uh, there's an absolute chance uh, that he could do that. Rob Blackman with us. Rob, one more. Uh, one of our bosses passed this along, so I'll be the guy that asked the question. He was wondering, Ethan Moore, Gordon played a lot against Iowa, has not played a lot this season, but did play, I believe, 26 minutes against Iowa. Uh, why have his minutes been kind of up and down this season? Any theory on that? Uh, not so much a theory as the fact that really it's just come down to matchups and which which games better suit his skill level. Uh, the one thing Ethan brings to the table is he doesn't turn the ball over. I, I think he only has two turnovers for the whole season, maybe three for the whole season. So Matt Painter likes that. He doesn't turn the ball over. He's one of your best on-ball defenders, and he's a really good rebounder. What he doesn't do is he doesn't score the ball. That, that's not his forte. Um, so it really becomes a matchup, uh, a matchup thing for him. And who are the other guys playing around him? Um, when we have a group on the floor of guys, you know, the other four guys that can score the ball at a high level, then you're not really too concerned about Ethan having to score. There are certain combinations where he goes in the game where he's he has to pick up some of the scoring load and it just doesn't work. That's, that's what we found through these first eight or nine games of the season. So that's what it really boils down to. But, hey, he was terrific Monday night. I mean, you look at his numbers. For, for a guy that didn't score a point, uh, he was terrific in that game. By the way, I do. I need to say this: we were talking about breaking Rick Mount's record. The, the Rick Mount, uh, the Rick Mount fans are going to get on me if I don't mention this. I'm talking about Zach Eady being a four-year player. Yeah, Rick Let's played three. Fans, Rick Mount was a three-year player. Right. Wow. <laughs> he, did, he did that in three years. <laughs> the old freshman he, rule, he right? The freshman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that, that, that's pretty awesome, right there, to do that in three seasons and with no three-point line. By the yeah. way, uh, so yeah, keep that in mind, fans of Rick Mount. Uh, last, last one, Rob Blackman. Uh, I don't know if we've ever asked you this. What's the loudest Big Ten venue? And you can't say Mackey. Uh, Give us ooh. one, two, three on the list, if you don't mind. Well, uh, <laughs> is he allowed to say Bloomington? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. No, Bloomington is without question in the top three. There's no, there's no way around that. Uh, in the Breslin Center, you know what is is is. Uh, is sneakily, if that's a word, sneakily loud. You don't think about it going into it. Is Maryland mm. when mm. now with this with this qualifier when it's full? Uh, when that building is full and, uh, and it's a big venue, a right? There. What's that? That's a big arena, isn't it? Big arena and maybe even up to nineteen thousand. Maybe Jeez. the problem. The problem is, and it's not a problem, I suppose, if you're the opponent. 
if you get them on like a 6.30 weekday game, there's no one there <laughs> because the traffic's so terrible, it's hard to get to the game uh, on a weekday. But you catch them on a Saturday afternoon uh, when when folks can get there and they can fill up the building, uh, that place gets really, really loud. Um, so I would say yes, uh, in no particular order because all three of them get pretty uh, – Pretty uh, lunatic-like, uh, <laughs> certainly Bloomington, Breslin Center, and uh, in Maryland. Yeah, I've been to about half of them, and I, I, I thought the Cole Center was also pretty loud. Um, again, this was a 9 o'clock Thursday tip, so that probably helps from a student libation activity, and Jordan <laughs> Taylor and company had a pretty good team that year. But, uh, yeah, those ones certainly make sense. Rob, safe travels. If you do any sightseeing, enjoy that. Good luck with your KISS concert if they do have – Another comeback. They will. And uh, we'll see you at GameBridge a week from Saturday. Awesome. Thanks for having me, guys. Look at this. Look at the outro. Kylan's on it. Rob Blackman, voice of the Boilers, (laughs) Purdue and Bama coming up. Not typical Bama from what they've been in recent years. Uh, It'll be Indiana and Auburn Saturday in Atlanta, Purdue and Alabama. So it's the in-state Big Ten schools with the Alabama schools coming up. This I'm Saturday. trying to think who they had on their team who is from Canada now. That's bothering me. It that was I, a center. I, I know. I, I, it's I do remember me. looking this up it. when the game was announced because I thought that as well. Why sure. Alabama? You know, yeah. it seemed kind of random there. Granted, Nate Oates has certainly played a tough non-conference schedule. That's one thing he's wanted there down at Bama. All right. In about 10 minutes, we'll get more into the Bengals. Colts and Bengals coming up week 14. Charlie Clifford. You've heard his voice a whole lot on these airwaves. Now in the NBC affiliate in Cincy, he'll join us. Uh, we'll continue the Pacers Bucks combo semifinal game tonight, five o'clock from Vegas. Uh, we'll do it on the other side. It's the wake up call. KB and Andy. I see the blackjack table. I see the roulette wheel. slot machines <laughs> I wish I was seeing all those things uh, in Vegas Pacers get ready for the Bucks tonight 430 hour coverage beginning I on love the that fan. Mark you do love that oh man that's that's, great. that's maybe the the piece of sound since we've been together that delights you the most perhaps I know I thought it was such it a great it really call. might be you know Boyle's such a unique voice and you know he's got a very unique style to how he presents radio and paints uh, <laughs> those pictures on a night-in, night-out basis, and to hear that emotion from him late, uh, I thought was really, really cool on Monday. I think he got caught up on the air at the very end. He's like, what else would be out there besides the blackjack <laughs> right, and the roulette? Uh-huh. And uh, he landed Someone's the plane. Someone's got the slots. Yes. Oh, I mean, listen, people sit there for hours. Okay, so I know this is not Purdue. We just got done with Rob Blackman. I don't know if you have seen this. And we'll talk some Bengals and Colts. Charlie Clifford going to join us here in about six minutes. Purdue Fort Wayne. Do you know their mascot? The Mastodon. Come on. Okay. Well, I knew you would know if anyone would know. I just saw this come by Twitter. Purdue Fort Wayne. They won last night, by the way. They beat Southern, uh, I believe it was Southern Illinois. Hang on just a second. Yeah, they beat beat Southern Indiana earlier in the year. Big East DePaul. They beat Southern Indiana, okay? Rashid Bello lost his shoe. He's a defender for Purdue Fort Wayne. Did you see this? Of course he did. I did. Uh, People need to look it up. Rashid Bello lost his shoe was still playing defense and then used the shoe to block a shot. And I need to tweet this out at the only Sweeney. There's the photo of it's him. It's a great photo, he, by the way. No, he legit used his white shoe uh-huh. to block a jump shot from Southern Indiana. Yeah, whatever his wingspan is, just, add a couple inches onto it. It's a heady play. One of the great plays now, is this in college allowed? basketball. 
Also a great question. I have no idea. It doesn't look like they called anything, but, you know, my video is only about five seconds long. God bless What a great you. video. The, the, the heady, basketball <laughs> IQ, everything you want. Is he from Indiana? You know, it's just such an I'm Indiana sure he is. play. I'll look it up. Right there. Uh, all right, Charlie Clifford, he's going to join us next. It was a wild week for the Cincinnati Bengals. Charlie was in Jacksonville for Monday Night Football, so uh, certainly one of our favorites. Always enjoyed talking with Charlie. He's down there now at the NBC Affiliate. He joins us next. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Nine o'clock, uh, hanging out with you, I should say. DriveHubler.com studios, KB and Andy, Kevin Bowen, Andy Sweeney, hanging out with you. Another hour to go. Reminder coming your way at noon, Query and Company, and then JMV at three o'clock, and he will lead in to Pacers and Bucks. Our coverage here on the fan beginning at four thirty. Now you're gonna be you're gonna be home and rested and ready to go at four thirty, KB. You know I have nothing to do, but what do you have to do? You're a big family man here. Yeah. You got you got jobs. You got things to. do. Do you get articles to write? Are you going to be locked in at five o'clock, or what are you going to be doing? Making yeah, well, dinner? Or what? It'll be some multitasking. Okay. I, I think I've told you. I don't know if I told our listening audience. You know, Maddie broke her foot last week. Yeah, I don't know if you've told the audience. This I'm is a not very sure sad have, story, so, dude. Um, yeah, Ugh. she's put up a wreath and um, yeah, fell and broke her foot. So she is non-weight bearing for a month here. That's brutal, man. So it is a lot of multitasking with the kids. I, I don't. I'll be totally selfish for myself. <laughs> I hate the five o'clock. I yeah, hate it. I know. I know. You need 7.30, se- you know, 7, 7.30, oh, I, I don't even mind the, eight, you know, the, the, the 9 o'clock peacock on Tuesday was, was, wasn't that bad for me. So, yeah, selfishly, I don't love it at all. Is she I able was... to drive or what? No, unfortunately no. not. Oh, so, so you're having to do, you're carting around everybody right now. Yeah, it's a little oh. bit of scramble mode oh. in the Bowen household. Uh, again, 5 o'clock tonight on ESPN, you'll get a crossover with Reggie Miller joining uh, Mike Breen, Doris Burke. Lisa Salters, and then it'll be TNT at 9 o'clock. So the Lakers and Pelicans kind of close to a pick them in that one. Pacers, four and a half point underdog. Uh, Lakers and Pels coming up at 9 o'clock. That is the other semifinal. Charlie Clifford, hopefully, we will get him on air here coming up in a few minutes to talk some Colts and Bengals. Uh, did you see the initial? Pro Bowl voting is out. No, I didn't know. Fan is it, vote. Is this something that's going to anger Colts fans, or or what should we look out for here? Yeah, because the Colts we know the names that don't will be up there garner a lot of fan voting. Sure. To be totally honest with you, uh, right now they have three players in the top ten of fan voting at their respective positions. Okay. Okay. Three players in the top ten of their respective positions in fan voting. Care to take a stab at the three well, players? Well, I mean, I would imagine Michael Pittman Jr. and Zaire Franklin would be on that list. Uh, if not, I, I don't know what people are watching. Those two would be on the list. And then as a third, let me throw in Matt Gay. How, how does that sound? Matt Gay would be number three. You know, to me, I think Matt Gay is incredibly deserving. Uh, Zaire Franklin, third in inside linebacker fan voting. I think okay. that's a great sign for Zaire. You know, typically I when agree. you don't have the fanfare, it's not like he's been a routine pro bowler. Sure. Uh, usually it takes a year to kind of build up the fan voting, but Zaire Franklin third, so that's good news for him. Uh, Quentin Nelson 
seventh among guards. Okay. And the I guess last... that surprises me, right? Doesn't that surprise you? Oh, no, I think Nelson's a, got a, a lot bit. of national fanfare. Okay. I mean, if you're going to talk about right. national guards, sure. I mean, you know, Nelson to me, I mean, hell, he's a six overall pick and, you know, pancakes, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, the last one would be Kenny Moore. Kenny Moore, 10th among corners. So, no Pittman on that list. Well, how is there no Pittman? Is that just well, because there's so many good wide receivers? I was going to say, people pay attention yeah, to Tyreek Hill and everybody else. Too many well known wideouts. And, yeah, you he's, know, he's 88 catches, 87 catches yeah, right but you now. You know how the fan I voting know, works. I know. What's well, too bad? I was hoping someone would be really slighted. And then we could start a whole campaign around them to get them votes, right? That could be a nice local sports radio thing to do. No Matt Gay, no DeForest Buckner. That was the other one I would probably throw on that list. No Michael Pittman Jr. Uh, The top five players in the NFL in fan voting, number one. This kind of surprised me a little bit. Uh, Tua. Really? Tua's number one. 59,000 votes. 15,000 more than number Hmm. two being C.J. Stroud. Stroud, man, yeah, he's taking the NFL Buckeye by storm, Nation. man. I, I mean, I guess he's just—he's a fun player. If you're watching Red Zone on a Sunday, they're going and they're showing a lot of CJ Stroud. Three, four, five makes sense. Probably your top three non-quarterback offensive players: Christian McCaffrey, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. So. Fan voting underway for the Pro Bowl. I know a lot of people are, are saying, who cares about the Pro Bowl? The game stinks. It's turned into, what, a glorified skills well, it's competition? it's not even a game anymore, right. is it? Yeah. I, I, I totally get all of that. I will deny none of it. Um, guys care about it. You know, guys want the recognition. They want the. It's very similar to Tyrese Halliburton wanting the national TV games. Uh, and for a lot of these guys, there's some, con, you know, some contractual bonuses with that as well. I do think all pro, a little bit more of an indicator than Pro Bowl. Again, Pro Bowl voting is... Third fan, third player, third coach, all pro, uh, just a media vote. Remember like three, four years ago, and it could have even been longer. Remember when Kansas City Royal fans stuffed the ballot early on and like their entire, like almost their entire starting (laughs) infield would have started the game had they stopped voting then? Remember Major League Baseball? You'd be like, all right, we're going to spread this out a little bit. It happened because no one knew who any of these players. Do they still do one Major League Baseball player from each team to the All-Star game? I think so. Yeah, that's a a good June or July sports radio. Why does the game mean something (laughs) if someone from the Pittsburgh Pirates uh, is on the game? How the hell is Kelsey 5? Isn't he, you know, Mr. Football? Yeah, Swifties, How I guess, haven't gotten the link. Yeah, that's a great call. I'm calling Swifties out. All I hear oh, about boy, is well, these Swifties. I might Swifties. be a solo co-host yeah, moving Taylor forward. these Taylor Swift fans, oh, you know. I mean, they got her time person of the year, and Travis Kelsey's sitting at fifth? He's sitting at fifth behind Tua? And a rookie quarterback in C.J. Stroud? The Swifties, Swifties have lost their fastball. Uh, yeah, they really, you know, they're still they're still a very good pitcher, but they're more painting the the edges like Greg Maddox now. Could, the, could you make on? any argument? I don't think you can, so I just showed my hand a little bit there. Could you make any argument Juju Brents back in the lineup would be better than having Grover Stewart back in the lineup? Well, I mean, I think you can because they've won four straight, and we did this in our number one. Look at the teams they beat. Obviously, they weren't walking through the best part of their schedule were the Colts, but they did win four games without Grover Stewart. Juju Brents, he has moved into... Given that he's been out so long with the bye week, he's missed, what, seven weeks, basically? Six, seven weeks. 
since he's done that, I mean, being a second-round pick, KB, he is one of the guys you wanted to see a lot of. And so you will go into next year, unless Brents is back here and, you know, makes his uh, presence known, if you will, in the final month, and then they make the playoffs if he plays there uh, and plays well, you will have had your first-round pick and your second-round pick not play very much football for you in their first season. Yeah, and that's it is, kind of a bummer. You know, people have asked, okay, you know, where would corner kind of fall on the offseason need list? And, and I'm a little torn on it. You know, part of me still thinks that there's a Tier 1, and it's wide-out pass catcher with edge rusher. That, to me, is still kind of Tier 1 on, on the offseason need list. And again, I'm probably more of an edge rusher over wide-out pass catcher. You know, a lot of people would say corner should be on that tier. I don't think it's maybe on that level. I, I think it's probably just behind it. Um, you keeping and, Kenny Moore? I mean, doesn't well, it start I, I there think Kenny as Moore well? is a definite reason. I mean, hell, sure. if you're going to let Kenny Moore walk, then... Then it's a build there, then, a full rebuild Then at maybe the it's a different spot. story at corner. But I guess in a... You know, more from Jalen Jones. I know there's been some up and downs, but I think, you know, more ups and downs. Maybe I'm grading him on a curve because he was a seventh-round pick. Um, and I I liked what Juju Brent showed in the small sample size. The problem, Andy, is he's been – I mean, he's been the most hurt player on the team, not named Jelani Woods, this season. And it's been a variety of injuries. Uh, and then Dallas Flowers, again, I kind of liked w- where he was at early in the season. But, you know, a corner coming off a torn Achilles, you just can't bank a whole lot on that going into next season. So, um, you know, if I were going to make, and, you know, it's kind of an annual exercise that I do, a positional mock draft. So, you know, Mm -hmm. no players, just strictly off of positional needs. You know, again, edge rush around one, wide out round two, corner round three. That's probably a rough sketch of where I'm at right now. But I do think if you look at the opponent on Sunday, again, I, I think Grover is more important. But we saw that Saints game a month ago when a team has a little bit of a deep wide out core how do they test your depth at corner? Now, that was Tony Brown, remember? So mm-hmm. now you've evolved to Daryl Baker Jr., who has played, I think, better than he did early in the year. But how does T. Higgins versus Jalen, you know, they don't really follow a corner with the top wide. It's not Kenny Moore following Jamar Chase around. So Jalen Jones is going to have Chase at times. And Daryl Baker Jr., that side of the field is going to have Jamar Chase at times. And yes, you're going to play a good amount of zone. Uh, but how do you handle those guys? I mean, you lost Mike Evans. You've lost DeAndre Hopkins. Like it's not like you've taken away these oh, sure. number one wideouts here. Oh, sure. was wide open. Yeah. So I do think that is a huge question for Sunday. If they lose on Sunday, is it as simple as they their corners just could not contain? And it, of course, it's not just that simple. A lot's going to happen during the game. But that is number one on our list, is it not? When we do the picks and everything. Yeah, I, I think tomorrow, that's the biggest question. Is I, containing the those other guys. thing I'd throw in there. Can your pass rush continue to rev it up like they have? You know, I, I think the sack statistic can be such a combination of O-line and poor quarterback play. Like quarterbacks that just don't process and recognize quickly enough, therefore they're under siege and boom, they go down. You know, how does your pass rush do? I don't think Cincinnati's offensive line is great by any means. So again, can you take advantage of that? And can you create, you know, Jake Browning to be put into some of those moments? Which I'll reiterate what I said earlier in the show, Andy. When Jacksonville blitzed Jake Browning, he said, he bring did well. it. Right. Eight right. of 13 for 150 and zero sacks when Jacksonville blitzed Jake Browning on Monday night. Uh, now, I, I you're going to probably scold me for this, but have you seen the weather for this weekend? Oh, boy. In Cincinnati? I mean, it's going to be cold. Is it going to be rainy, snowy? I have not. I know here... 
I think there is some precipitation going to be in the air in Indianapolis. So how's it going to be in Cincinnati? It looks a tad dicey. Okay. For, it might be a little bit more Saturday than Sunday, but of course, it's an outdoor stadium there in Cincinnati. Um, right now, as I pull up one of their local weather news stations, 90% on Saturday. No one cares about that. Sunday's got 50%. Okay. I would say poor weather favors the Colts, right? I mean, probably, but also that's a cop-out for the weather people. 50%? Give me something better than that. I can do that. I mean, plant your flag. Have an opinion. What are we doing here? That's like if you know if we were paid just to read the news, just to read Indy Star's website or ESPN.com. Don't give me 50%. Give me an 85 or a 15. What so are we doing if here? you are the Colts, you want the precipitation, right? I guess probably. I, I, yeah, I, I would say probably the only thing I would say is uh, they always say like in, in weather games where you have snow, the offense knows where they're going and the defense doesn't. That would be the only thing that would worry me. But if you tell me I get Jake Browning and it's raining uh, and I get the way the Colts have been able to win some kind of ugly low scoring games, I would go there. The Colts pass rush uh, and everything else. You do hope EJ Speed, who you mentioned, um, you know, would have been out of practice yesterday. We'll see if he's back today. Kai, go ahead and play clip nine. Here's Steichen. Uh, your voice is in in the middle of this, he talked about those wide receivers, those weapons that Cincinnati has. You know, you got three dudes uh, that are really good players, and uh, obviously, we got to have a really good plan uh, for all three of them. You know, obviously, Jamar Chase is kind of their go-to guy, but those other two guys are legit players. Um, but yeah, they got three dudes that can that can play. Did you watch Monday night like live? Yeah, I watched it in and out uh, in my office when I was watching tape of them. But, yeah, I watched it a little bit. And, and I, I know we brought that up earlier. I, I do think not for Steichen, more for the players. That got their attention. Like, if you're a Colts defender and you're watching that game, you don't think Jake Browning got your attention? Oh, I, this is, I said this in, in the, what, 7.30. I think it's a great thing that Jake Browning did that against Jacksonville. There is no excuse for the for the Colts to be caught off guard uh, by, by the passing game thinking, ah, it's Jake Browning. He's another long line of kind of questionable quarterbacks we played. I think after, the, I, listen, I know you may say, well, you're going to get ready. And you mentioned this. Well, you know, you're a pro. You need to, you know, everyone who's in the NFL can ball out. I get that. But come on, they have faced some quarterbacks who are not very good. I mean, Mac Jones, Bailey Zappi, Bryce Young, kind of an iffy Baker Mayfield. It's been a long line of mediocre quarterbacks really since the Saints and what that offense did. That's the, that's the way I look at it, at yeah, least. And I think what separates Cincinnati's wideouts from even New Orleans or you know Jacksonville when you played them a couple times this year is all of those teams, Jacksonville, New Orleans, and Cincy, I think they've got good depth at wideout. But what Cincy has is they've got the top end yeah. dude that they have those the, alpha dog. the other two teams don't. And right. Jamar Chase showed that on Monday night. So, yes, testing cornerback depth certainly it's something. It's bad luck. Mind. You know, Higgins has been out. I mean, Higgins has had on a contract year. You know, we've talked about contract years. And I know Pittman and Higgins drafted next to each other, so they're kind of linked here. A guy, you know, free agency, T. Higgins has just been, I mean, he just hasn't had it this year. He's had so many injuries with Joe Burrow being in and out of the lineup, especially early in the season as well. You know what my favorite point, uh, part of that psyching clip is? That it's like 9.30 and he's like, yeah, I was watching film. <laughs> it's so football coach. Don't think Shane Steichen's <laughs> binging, you know, Virgin River or insert oh, your God, like no. Netflix series right so. here. 
What do you think the last TV series Shane Steichen watched even is? I see I uh, see know, him watching Hard Knocks from yeah, 2004. That's, that's what I was going to say. Hard Knocks. Uh, what was the show with The Rock uh, that was very popular? Oh, ballers. Yeah, yeah, Did you ever get yeah, into Ballers? Yeah. Last Chance You is Last what Shane Steichen's watching here. Did I see... Um, <laughs> I thought I saw a headline a little bit ago that Notre Dame's going to do a hard knocks on Peacock. Yeah, and I was an idiot. During the break, you mentioned this, and I go, oh, football, right? Like they would do one on the basketball team at Notre Dame. No offense, of course, to uh, Coach Shrewsbury and company. Uh, are you okay with that? I feel like that's something old school Notre Dame never would have done. No, I love it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, again, everything you should do as a college football program should be, how do we cater to the 16 or 17-year-old kid? Period. Well, there you go. Do they Period. have Peacock? Well, I, is Eddie Garrison going to have to give his password Marcus to Jake Freeman Quirin? can leak his password to these <laughs> yes. high school recruits. Uh, how about this from Anthony here? Since he has a heated field, it will mitigate weather. I helped build Ooh. their system. Oh, how about that? Okay, but that's he adds, good to know. It is slick. Yeah, I honestly brought it up more just from a, if it rains, I would think that would hinder Jake Browning's passing game and would lean more on a run game, and the Colts have been the more effective run unit this season. I mean, Cincinnati's defense, Andy, this is something we haven't talked about. It stinks. Yeah, it's been They're bad. like dead last in run, pass, total yard, like all of it. I mean, Jacksonville was fine. I mean, Jacksonville scored over 30 points. C.J. Beathard came in and was able to play. Yeah, that's why I took him in my Survivor League uh, is because I thought that Cincinnati defense. By the way, is our guy Charlie Clifford not going to come through? Yeah, I thought, is he awake? He's a TV guy, so he probably worked till like 2 a.m. last night, didn't he, or what? What do you mean? You know, did he have a few at Rheingeist after the old uh, 11 o'clock is it, news is it and he's bubbles? feeling it? Is that one of their uh, truth? I like truth. Buff bubbles? Yeah, Maddie's okay. a big bubbles fan. Okay, there yeah. you go. So we encapsulated. Great space, by by the way, at the Ryan Geist Brewery. For any Colts fan heading down there this weekend, it's a it's a great spot. I told Eddie Garrison this, uh, and he knows, and you know, he's been there to games with the Bengals and Reds. If you go and you're a Colts fan and you're not used to the the whole Cincinnati layout, do not park underground. I know. I got my parking pass yesterday. Did and you? I, and and oh, I'm, you're you're going then? Yeah. And I oh, am nice. uh, I am underground. I know exactly where you're parked because I've been there on a media uh, on a media pass before. I got I got stuck in it a few years ago. Listen, do not do KB. So where do I park? I, I, listen, pay the forty dollars and park just a little bit away, a you know, a couple blocks away, and park uh, park in some guy's front yard or in a parking lot where you're going to be front able yard. to get Are out. Are there any homes dude, around I, that dude, play? I, don't I, know. Feel I just like said front yard. No, am I it's staying not. in Kentucky? <laughs> uh, no, it's not I the didn't Kentucky, say Kentucky Derby for my bachelor party. Well, on the Kentucky side. Oh, okay, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, Northern Kentucky. You could do that. Can I park dude, at the aquarium. I'm telling that you, so I know, ex- I know exactly where they have your parking. You will not be out. This is a 1 o'clock game. Uh, the game's over. Let's say you're done. Now, you will be writing, and you'll do some media stuff, so you'll have some time. I have parked under there uh, for, I think, last year, Packers and Bengals. I worked that game, and KB, it took over two and a half hours to get out of that garage. Okay, this I'm is, uh, not kidding. This is uh, quite the warning and, and, from you here. And I went with some buddies. This sounds awful, we, by we the way. We went to the Yankees-Reds, and this is before people cared about the Reds, before they brought up other AAA guys and people started to act like Reds fans again. I know you guys have had that joke on the show. And we parked on the, the, the main lot under Great American, and it was the same thing. 
it, it, it didn't move. We left for 30 minutes, came back. It still didn't move. We went to the casino. Or not the casino, the sports book, you know, that's right there. Well, they got Jack's, uh, great, don't they? Jack's Casino? Yeah, they, they do. It's a little further away. This was, you know, they have like a fan duel or whatever oh, it is. that that's was right where, there um, at Great American. You know what happened to that sports book? That was where the Alabama baseball yes, coach, his buddy, placed yes, all was. those bets on. Uh, like a $10,000 bet on. He was on. a Mooresville guy. Yeah, it was. And L- he got busted. It was uh, LSU Alabama baseball, was it not? And the Friday night starter yeah. was a late scratch. Yeah, because it's- when that happened, they said where it was. And I'm like, I've been there. If I walked up to that window and said I want to make a ten thousand dollar bet, those people would look at us like we're like we're crazy. Yeah, a ten thousand dollar bet on an SEC Friday night <laughs> baseball a, game on a baseball game where some sports books, if you remember, came out and said we didn't take one bet, not one bet, and this guy's trying to make a ten thousand dollar bet. But that's all I would say to Colts fans: if you gotta pay an extra twenty dollars to park above ground. For the love of God, do it. I'm telling you, this it will is the save biggest you. warning shot that you've Dude, given it me. It will save you unless you just want to, you know, enjoy some bars downtown and you don't, you're staying the night and it doesn't matter. <laughs> I got to get back and do the show. No, Monday. but I know you're not that way. I'm telling you, where you're parked, you won't be out of there till 6 30. Do we care that another Colts player got busted for PEDs? I don't. Well, I mean, I would care if it were. You know, if it were Anthony Richardson, if he were healthier, Gardner Minshew, but not a practice squad. The juicy player. question of is there a problem? Is that no, no? It's an individual thing, right? So you don't look at it as there, there's something going around I, in the D line room. I, I so don't look at it. So all of a sudden, it, no. if you know, insert your Colts player. I won't, you know, say a defensive lineman just in case they want to, you know, have yeah, a word want, or two. Yeah, they don't but, want their name attached to that. Yeah. I, I don't view it that way. How many teams, I guess, in a year have two players busted for PEDs? It's a good question. It's a good. I mean, but only one of them is a guy that moves the needle in Grover Stewart, right? I, Again, I, I, don't, I would say I don't, that's not to answer the case. my own question. I don't have that big of an issue with it. Now, again, I'm probably a little bit pot kettle black if, like, all of a sudden that was Quiddy Pay or sure. DeForest Buckner, you know, somebody else of note here. But yeah, Alcadine Muhammad, it matters uh, who it is. Squad player yesterday has not played for the Colts all season. Six game suspension. Uh, Corey says, never park under the stadium at Reds games. Either yep, use Central Riverfront West or park across the river in Kentucky and walk across the bridge. Gosh, boy, that sounds miserable. He's right. What was his name, Corey? He's spot yeah. on. No, what we did with the Reds game is a rookie mistake that we deserve to be uh, sitting in traffic. Well, we didn't sit in traffic. We just waited. You're telling it out me I'm parking like an Alcatraz, and I'm not getting out. <laughs> Listen, I'm, I cannot warn you enough. I cannot warn you enough, and it's a bummer for you because you have free parking. If you park above ground, you're not going to have free parking. So that's the bummer for you. You're in a bad spot. I hate to say it, you're in a bad spot. I didn't know you were going though. Yeah, uh-huh. well, good for you. Yeah, I mean that's an easy. That's what ninety minutes. Yeah, right, little, d- right down the road, a little bit north of there. Uh, Andrew Catalan. No. Yeah. Tom McCarthy this week. Oh, Catalan Tom McCarthy? was last week, right? Speaking of McCarthy, you see Mike McCarthy had appendicitis. Yeah, I did see that. And he's a football guy. He's like, I'm coaching on Sunday. Of course. Well, it's a big one. <laughs> what, the appendix? It probably was. They're the number one offense right now in the NFL, do the Cowboys. Cowboys Your Dallas Cowboys. and Eagles Sunday night football. That's my Super Bowl pick. 14 straight wins at home for Dallas. Uh, you want to guess a line on that one? Ooh, I'm going to say three and a half. I'm going to say three and a half Dallas favored in this game. You, you're a degenerate. You're all over it. 
Yeah, I, I figured three to be three, I figured uh-huh. to be three, three and a half. By the way, am I wrong tonight? And this is how you know I'm wrong. Am I wrong to love the Patriots plus six? I, I oh boy, I know, and I'm not saying the listen. I know the Patriots offensively are just the absolute worst. But if they can get well, if Bailey's actually going to run the fake spike it, yeah, play exactly. again, if it's going to work. If this they time? can just get like one field goal, maybe two. If they can have six points at halftime, I feel like I'm going to cover easily. Right? I mean, this is exactly what Indiana fans thought when it was IU at Michigan. I know. This is exactly what Iowa fans thought last Saturday with Iowa and Michigan in the Big Ten title game. Yeah, I know you're right. I'm I'm doing what I don't like what other people do. Pittsburgh does seem pretty banged up. But again, a six-point favorite tonight. The Steelers, Patriots, 8-15 on Amazon. All right, we'll try and awake Charlie Clifford here before the show ends. Pop quiz in a few. 317-239-10. 74. That's uh, let's hit a morning check down. Yeah, the big one tonight semifinals in the in season tournament in the NBA. It is Pacers and Bucks coming your way at five o'clock. Our pregame coverage on the fan beginning at 4 30. Cannot wait for that. Uh, one big difference between the game today and the game back, obviously, November 9th. Dame Lillard in the lineup tonight for Milwaukee. Here's Rick Carlisle yesterday on Dame, Giannis, and the entire team there with Milwaukee. Lillard being out was was a break that we caught on that particular night. Uh, on the one hand, he wasn't out there. On the other hand, you know, Giannis touched the ball 65 times in the game. You know, so I don't know. You know, where's the bargain there? You know, I mean, it's it's like that. But now Dame is healthy. Giannis is is Giannis. You know, Chris Middleton is 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 another great player and an All Star. And if you look at his minutes trend, he's playing a few more minutes than he was earlier in the season, and he, and he is finishing games now. So, um, you know, the challenges are, are are many. Now, hear me out on this, all right? Okay. Giannis, 29th birthday yesterday. I saw that. A birthday in Vegas? <laughs> the night before a game? I saw that. I mean, come on. Uh, you got to do something, right? If I mean, if guys... you were Rick Carlisle, you grab Jairus Walker, you grab Ben <laughs> Shepard, you grab, I mean, hell, grab TJ McConnell. And you say, you know what? You find Giannis at Caesars and you make sure you buy him a bottle that he is out and he yeah. is out very late. I did see Carl right? had a quote where he's like, "You want we, your five hundred thousand for this in season tournament? I'm with you. You go do that. You're right, Jarris. Go out there, lure him into the evils of Vegas. Live you know, up take, to your top ten take pick. Him out. Take, take the enemy out. I did see Carlisle was like, "Yeah, we trust our guys. You know, there's there's temptation in every NBA city. More here, but we trust our guys. Have a nice quiet dinner. I think he said <laughs> nice quiet dinner. Yeah, quiet in <laughs> Vegas is not necessarily the quiet in you know Kokomo, Indiana, the yeah. hip hugger or something like that. Uh, <laughs> the hip Pugger. Yeah. That's a great name. Yeah. That's a great name. Uh, the Bucks put up 146 against New York. Uh, you know, I'm trying to look at their most recent game, Andy. 23 three-pointers, season high. Nine guys hit at least one three. Six guys hit at least two. I mean, that is a – those stats <laughs> really stand out to me. Now look at it one of two ways. You know, uh, that's the Knicks, first off. That's a good defensive team. But is that just home arena? You know, just got that common feel, and now, you know, how do they perform on a neutral floor? I don't know. Kind of grasping at straws here, but nonetheless, 5 o'clock tonight, Pacers and Bucks. Again, ESPN, our coverage will begin at 4.30, so a little abbreviated for JMV today.
Thursday night football tonight. We've talked about a lot about it. Six points spread there over under 30 and a half Patriots on the road with the Steelers. And then I should just throw in as well. Big Major League Baseball trade. Juan Soto headed to the New York Yankees one year before his free agency. Juan Soto in a seven player deal. Uh, I think Yankees got another pitcher back. Uh, Seven player deal. Juan Soto. Does that move the needle for the Bowen family at all? Was that a big deal? Were you guys watching that last night? Uh, Nervous. are extremely well, small. Me and me and me and uh, Jimmy Cook, very very excited about that. I'm sure he'll right. show uh, that excitement yeah. at noon today. Jimmy Cook <laughs> took off the Chiefs and the Duke hat to put on his New York Yankees hat. With he went that to the one. game. He went to Chiefs Green Bay. Did he not? Oh, I forgot he did. Yeah, he did. Yeah, that. I got to ask him about that. Now, Shohei Otani was not happy that the Dodgers revealed that they talked with him. Is that uh, right? I, I I don't know if he was happy or not. But I mean, come on, people know that he's going to go to a place like that. He's probably going to go to the Dodgers. They'll give him all the money. Come on. Give him to the Reds. Good for him. LaRosas yeah. and Skyline for life, <laughs> yeah, Shohei Otani. Uh, okay, injury report for the Colts yesterday. Just a walkthrough. The four guys, though, that did not participate. Braden Smith, again, he got hurt after three snaps on Sunday. Juju Brents remains out. Of course, Jonathan Taylor. And then also you had um, EJ Speed with a knee injury as well. Speed did get hurt in overtime. Came back, though, and finished that game. So, uh, first official practice today. That will be something to keep an eye on as the Colts get ready for the Bengals here coming up in week 14. Lastly, for me, Andy Sweeney, uh, Ball State, they win last night at Detroit. It's a 7-2 and start for Michael Lewis. So, again, a couple hmm. of mid-major teams off to a nice start. And I want to mention this. One of my favorite sporting events, and the pageantry around it is honestly why, but I do love the game itself. Okay. Army-Navy yeah. coming up on Saturday afternoon. Gillette Stadium for that one. I guess that's nice to, you know, kind of uh, replicate the offense of the Patriots <laughs> about to say, with yeah. Army and Words Navy. Uh, you want to feel the feels. I, I do this every year. Maddie's like, oh, my gosh, what, what are you really watching a number, another Army-Navy intro video? I go back and I watch Army-Navy YouTube CBS intro videos. They're oh, do you really? They're unbelievably well done. No, I mean, they are. Yeah, that game, what do you think the over-under on that game is? Oh, I'm that's looking a great at, one. Again, tonight, the over-under for the Steelers and Patriots is 30 and a half. Army, Navy, both of them five and six. A lot's on the line, more so than some crap bowl game, but a lot is on the line. What do you think the over-under is for Army, Navy, Saturday, 3 o'clock on CBS? There was one year where the game started, <laughs> and all of a sudden, me and my brother-in-law, we just continued to bet the under. Oh, yeah. It, it, you just had the field Good like for you. four yards, you know, not even four yards, two yards in a oh, cloud yeah. of dust. Seven-minute seven drives just so you can punt from the 42-yard line. 29 and a half Ooh, for the over 27 and a half. I love, I love that. I, I, I wouldn't want it any other way. Army, Navy, Saturday afternoon. Cannot wait for that one. All right. On the other side, we will do the pop quiz. Um, 317-239-1070. Uh, give us a call. Pop quiz is next. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love. Hanging with friends who lift you up and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. 
All right, pop quiz time. I haven't read it through maybe as much uh, as other days, but I'm glancing at it now. Yeah, I um I have read read uh, terrible. The, I think the first four doable. Yeah, five just I don't know. It just makes me mad, Scotty, more than anything. <laughs> the five Olympic is question. an Olympic question. Well, there by you the go. Way. Better know your weightlifting. Now we will have Charlie Clifford coming up here in about yes. twelve minutes yeah, yeah, or yeah. so. We'll talk some Bengals football mm-hmm. with him. All right, good deal. What uh, what color do you want to go to? What number? It's your choice, uh, KB. What do we got here? Six and six Bengals, seven five mm. Colts. Let's go with the seven seventh caller today. All Ooh. right, that means it's John. John is on the line. John, hey, John. Good morning, man. How are you? Hey, how you doing? Hey, John. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, Hey, uh, Andy, welcome to uh, Indianapolis. Thank you. uh, Kevin, you and I have known each other for uh, pretty much your whole life. Uh, My wife, Jackie, uh, taught with your mom, Colleen. And uh, so uh, so we've been over to the old house. Where was that? Carson? Carson Courts. Look at you, John. Is this John Lindgren? Yeah, it is. Hey, John. How are you? Great to hear your voice. Appreciate you calling in. Yeah, 694 Carson Court, the (laughs) cul-de-sac, baby. Yeah, no, I love I loved it, and uh, always had a really good time. And uh, uh, the other thing I'll say is that uh, my our granddaughter, first granddaughter, uh, Marley, is about a month uh, sure. younger than uh, than uh, Rosie, and uh, so. We've gone to dinner with them multiple times, and and the two of them just have a great time. I was gonna say, well, how uh, about gra- this? You know, Grandma Bowen has told us Nana is what Rosie calls her that uh, she and Jackie have done some play dates, and Rosie and Marley are best friends. Yeah, no, they, they have a great time together. Yeah. Look at it's this. Awesome. Well, how about that? It's a little feel good pop I mean, quiz I mean, story. I mean, we don't get this very you know, often. John called in, and we just we picked a number, and his name is just John here on the call screener. And look at this. Look at this. The Bowen family, the John family, look at you guys. I love it. No, Jackie and Colleen, great, great friends. John, thank you for calling. Uh, I have a feeling some hints will be coming your way. So, uh, thank you. I'll probably move them. Yeah, not on the Olympic question, though. Sorry. Yeah, that one. uh, Andy Sweeney, I'll try to be as unbiased as I can. I can't make any promises. Go ahead and lead off here with John. John, let's go. Question number one 2020 National League batting champion and three time All Star Juan Soto has been traded by the Padres to the New York. Yankees. With which Major League Baseball team did Soto make his major league uh, major league debut? Padres, Marlins, Nationals, A's. Ooh, uh, I'll go with uh, total guess, but I'll go with Padres. I'll do the Kevin Bowen. You sure? <laughs> no, you no. sure, John? Well, Steve- well, well, no. Four into three, Andy. Uh, okay, so it's not the Padres. This uh, team had a hell of a run this year. They John. did. Marlins, Washington Nationals, Oakland A's. Um, well, the A's didn't have a run. Uh, <laughs> well, the A's no, ran to no, Vegas, uh, right? They ran somewhere, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll uh, I'll just choose fifty uh, fifty. I'll go with the Marlins. Are you sure? Nope. No, I'm not sure at all. I'll go with the other one. Okay, you want to go with the Nationals <laughs> on that one, John? Yeah, yeah I'm going to go with the Nationals. Okay, yeah, All right, go. Good job. Good Moving start. on to number two, certainly one of the more iconic Heisman <laughs> Trophy uh, what finalists ever, the list in 97. Charles Woodson won the Heisman Trophy over Peyton Manning and Ryan Leaf. This guy, remember the sunglasses he was rocking at the old Heisman Trophy ceremony, mm-hmm. who finished fourth in the 97 Heisman voting, John. Was it Randy Moss? 
Ricky Williams, Curtis Enos, or Tim Dwight? Forgot about Tim Dwight. Uh, hmm. Yeah, he had the sunglasses on. Um, mm-hmm. Boy, I love playing with him in some video games growing up. Um, I'm going to go with Randy Moss then. All right, there we go, John. All right, question number three. Iowa's Caitlin Clark became the first player in NCAA Division I women's basketball history to reach 3,000 points, 750 rebounds, and 750 assists for her career last night. Named the first player in men's D1 college basketball history to reach those plateaus. Was it Oscar Robertson, Lionel Simmons, Larry Bird, or D, it's never happened in men's D1 basketball. Uh, we'll go the uh, Scotty way and say it's never happened. Look okay, this. so you're reading this the, isn't John's you're first read, rodeo You're reading here. the Come test maker. I appreciate that. The Bowens are hanging out with stupid individuals. <laughs> John's a smart guy. All right, number four here, John. I'm afraid the hints probably have to go away. Which of the following Hall of Famers was not born on December 7th? Terrell Owens... Dick Buckus, Johnny Bench, or Larry Legend? Hmm. Do not know at all. I'll I'll guess Larry Legend. Scotty, that was I mean, come on now. Are we really just no birthdays, Scotty? <laughs> that one now that I looked at it. Well, that one. That kind that's, of frustrates that's a, that's me. That's a difficult one. Yeah, uh, what he's got a rip-off calendar of sports <laughs> birthdays that he's supposed to view every morning? Hey, who doesn't know when Dick Butkus's birthday is? God, yeah, of We're course. doing sports yeah, radio right. around here. Right. Yeah. Uh, all right, last one, John. Let's go. Three years ago today, this sport was announced as a new Olympic sport for the 2024 Paris Games. Is it women's softball? Breaking? Canoe slalom or trampoline? And I guess breaking is break dancing, right? Yeah, break dancing. So women's softball, break dancing, canoe slalom, or trampoline. I mean, what are we doing? God, this what, the, what, uh, what are the Olympics? The Olympics, not the X Games. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with trampoline. Remember when they did the ESPN Ocho? Sure. Oh, yeah. That, uh-huh. That's what this reminds me of. That trampoline and something with a canoe should be uh, should be on the Ocho. <laughs> now, not do the we damn think, Olympics. Do we think NFL guys are going to do the three-on-three? Or the, not well, the three-on-three. NBA three. guys? The flag football, I mean. Because that's in 2028, right, Scotty? Yeah. In LA? So 2028, oh, we're getting flag football. I mean, how, how's that going to work? Okay, but guys like Tyreek Hill, they'll be well into their 30s, so it won't be them. It'll be like a new crop, right? Right, but I just mean, will, will the NFL do it? allow it? Will uh, contracts allow it? It's a I great mean, question. I mean, we do that with uh, NBA stars go over sure, there. Sure, but I mean, obviously, so, and it's flag. It's not tackle, but still, you know, you're in and out of breaks and... I'm gonna say I'm gonna say yes. If not, really good college players, right? I don't know. Uh, You're asking me. I don't know. How did John do? Let's tally it up. I think he got at least three of them. Did he not? John, number one, the Nationals. Number two, Randy Dandy, Mr. Moss. There. How about that? Woodson, Manning, Leaf, Moss. Mm. Pretty good quartet there. Uh, Number three, this guy's a veteran. John wasn't messing around. He knows Scotty's tricks. Uh, Caitlin Clark. That's ever been duplicated in the men's game. 
Yeah, is that quite, where the fun stuff? Yeah, I think that's it. It's uh, which of the following Hall of Famers not born on December 7th? I believe you said what Larry Legend. No, it's Larry Bird's birthday today. Dick Butkus was your answer. He was born on December 9th, 1942. And then breaking, <laughs> not trampoline, breaking, which is the competitive form of break dancing. I mean, what? Yeah. John, if you're still on the line, Colleen Bowen, so love Jackie and John, exclamation point. Look at that. This is a nice feel-good pop quiz. It's a feel-good moment here on this Thursday. I feel better. Yeah, great to talk with both of you. John, have a great one, man. Great to hear your voice. Happy holidays. Thank you for listening. Charlie Clifford, Colts and Bengals, next. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. I see the blackjack table. I see the roulette wheel. Slot <laughs> oh, we love that call, don't we? We absolutely love that call here. Now, I've lost a lot of call. money at the casino <laughs> in the hometown of our next guest. <laughs> oh, have you? My bachelor party was in Cincinnati. And Charlie Clifford, who joins us now to talk Bengals, the Jacks Casino, it honestly might have stimulated a little bit of Charlie Clifford's recent economy. Oh, did it really? Yeah, it was It was not the best you effort. Know, you know, I'm pretty sure I've lost some money in that Jacks Casino. Uh, I think well, that Jacks Casino has taken our show down. Handshake emoji ago. right here yeah. between me <laughs> and Andy Sweeney. Charlie Clifford, good Thursday morning to you, my friend. Well, I owe your next night at the casino on me, KB, for being uh, very late here to the call. Uh, much apologies to the show for blowing up your 9 o'clock hour, but it's great to hear your voice. Well, I still owe you a beer from the garage probably about a year ago this time, so <laughs> oh uh, consider yeah. that even. <laughs> looking forward to seeing you, though, on Sunday. Looking forward to seeing, honestly, uh, two teams, I think, in the thick of the playoff picture, and credit the Bengals for what they did on Monday Night Football. You were in Jacksonville your level of surprise with Jake Browning looking like Joe Burrow. Yeah, Kevin and Andy stunned. I mean, Jake Browning, you couldn't make a nicer person. He is so laid back, California guy. You remember what he did at Washington. But for the last four years, I mean, it's been practice squads cut, practice squads cut in this never-ending go, uh, never-ending merry-go-round. And this year, Cincinnati brings in Trevor Simeon with the assumption that, okay, that's going to be Joe Burrow's backup. Uh, Browning wins the job. It was very clear the first day. I remember when Burrow went down, which was day two of training camp with the calf issue, you know, when we talked to Jamar Chase, okay, what happens now? And he said, we're good. Jake's got us. You know, Jake can handle it. He probably said Jake four or five times, never mentioning Trevor Simeon's name. Granted, Simeon had only been there a short time, but that was really the first point. Okay. This guy has won some people over behind the scenes and surely quietly throughout the summer. And really in the final couple preseason games, it was clear that he was going to win the job now to be thrown in with Baltimore, Pittsburgh, and then in Monday night in Jacksonville a place that hadn't hosted Monday night in 12 years. That, that was a pretty steep gauntlet, but that performance, I mean, what a game Zach Taylor called. 
having nine different receivers involved in the first half. They really struggled on third down with Browning against Pittsburgh. That completely reversed against Jacksonville. The explosive plays came back. He took some hits. The run game for the first time in over a month showed showed up. And uh, for that reason, we got some we got some juice on the line Sunday, fellas. It's going to be a fun one. Well, that's what I want to ask you about. But uh, poor Trevor Simeon, not only did he lose the job out to Browning, on top of it, he, he went to the Jets. He had to go be, he had, he had, he had, he had to go to the Jets. Yeah. He, got yeah, he got yeah, grounded. He got grounded. He really did. He got, uh, he got sent to his room, yeah. purgatory, to the New York Jets. Uh, Charlie Clifford with us, WLWT NBC affiliate there in Cincinnati. Okay, so, I, you know, I thought this, you know, uh, the Burrow goes down. I'm thinking, okay. They're out of the way, right? The you know the Colts don't have to worry about the Bengals. And then what happened on Monday happened, and Browning and that offense looked so good. Is that repeatable? Are people starting to believe at least a little bit in the Bengals again without Joe Burrow? Well, Andy Browning spoke yesterday, and he was the first to say it's one game. It's one game. It feels great that he went out there and really met his expectation. He was the least surprised out of anyone. There wasn't an ounce of, you know, this guy's just soaking it up because he feels like he just hit the lotto. He fully expects with the weapons Cincinnati has to go out and score points. Really the bigger question, if if Browning is serviceable, it's the Bengals, specifically the run defense. They have been bad really from week one. And, uh, you know, I know we're looking at Indy stats and Zach Taylor yesterday went out of his way to compliment Shane Steichen and his ability, not only this year, but throughout his career to be one of the more creative offensive minds, you know, who, who deserved a gig. Uh, and here he is in the coach of the year conversation. It's one of the best stories in the AFC. So really the repeatable part for me, unless Browning starts having turnover issues, which, the Bengals haven't had all year. They're one of the top couple teams in the league in terms of turnovers. Been really, really strong with the ball. I think it starts with can the defense lock down and keep some of these ugly games close? Because you're right, it's not going to be 354 and a couple touchdowns and 86% completion percentage the rest of the way. That's just it's just ludicrous to think that that's going to happen again for Browning. But uh, yeah, it's going to start in the trenches this week. And against Indy, that's a frightening proposition because I know Stewart's back and, um, you know, credit Chris Ballard, that, that defensive line, it seems like it was always pass rush, pass rush. When's it going to hit? And it looks like it's hit this year from what I've read. He's one of my favorites. He's Charlie Clifford. You've certainly heard him on these airwaves down at the NBC affiliate in Cincinnati. He joins us here on the Payless Slickers Hotline. Charlie, it just seems like it's been a wild season for Cincinnati. I mean, I'm sure Colts yeah. fans in their own way feel like it's been a wild season for the Colts, but Cincinnati certainly, how would you even describe just the up and down nature to this year for them? <laughs> I think it's the equivalent of when you get on a flight and before you even push back, they say, hey, this is going to be bumpy. Seatbelt sign is going to be on the whole flight. Okay, yeah. no uh, drink. Give me no the liquor flight. now. Yeah, yeah. Hope you hit the uh, restroom before you boarded because this is going to be bumpy. But you're right. Day two of training camp, the calf for Burrow. It was really at the time great news because it looked like an Achilles injury. 
And then he comes back in time for Cleveland week one. They start one and three. He cannot move out of the pocket. He, Burrow addresses the team in Nashville after falling to one and three, saying we're going to get this right. They did. Went on a four-game run where he got his legs back. They go out to San Francisco and just throttle the Niners, really, from start to finish. Come back on the next week and beat Buffalo Sunday night game. Okay, now they're another hot Super Bowl pick at five and three. Things are going great. And then, a, you know, torn wrist ligament Thursday and Buff or in Baltimore season's done. So that has been the roller coaster. Um, Zach Taylor has been under some heat here. You know, let's face it, back-to-back AFC title games, a Super Bowl appearance. I mean, his approval rating was as high as it could be. And folks were frustrated. Why can't you run the football? Uh, they've they've struggled just as much stopping the run as they have running the ball. That changed against Jacksonville with you know a play sheet that looks significantly different. Chase Brown, a rookie from Illinois, fantasy owners out there, he played 11 snaps, got nine carries, carried the ball 60 yards. I would expect a heavy dose of Chase Brown in addition to Joe Mixon on Sunday. Um, but yes, overall, it's been a rough year. I mean, this city expected Super Bowl. The players talked about it in July that that was that was this year it was going to happen, and um, obviously those ex- expectations have changed. And the hope now is to, to find a little momentum for this playoff push. All right, we got about a minute left here, Charlie Clifford. Yeah. I guess less than a minute. The favorite spot you miss in Indianapolis is what? KSR, no question. Ooh, um, now, KSR has moved. Did you know that? That would be Keystone Sports Review. Yes, come on, Kevin. I knew okay. that. Right. I, I just, I just wanted, to make, I want to make sure you know. <laughs> uh, Lincoln Square Pancake House, of course. Um, that that was a staple for Colleen and I. Uh, but mostly just the people, man. ACU, Query, uh, my buddy Jason Thompson, who actually was the first to call me saying, hey, you're missing your radio spot today, buddy. <laughs> I'm like, oh, crap, I wrote down 10. Um, no, but all the people, David Wood, Todd Meyer, um, Ross Bowen, it's, it's a gr- I'm so happy that the Colts have put it together this year to this degree uh, because the ball bounced the other way a couple straight years. So I'm, I'm glad that that city's getting something to cheer about because it's a great place and I miss it. You deserve the success, Charlie. Glad to see it down there at the NBC affiliate WLWT, Charlie Clifford. I will see you on Sunday, my friend. Sounds good, partner. Sorry again, fellas. Peace. All good. Charlie Clifford right there on the Payless Slickers Hotline. Colts and Bengals, 1 o'clock. Andy Sweeney, 5 o'clock today from I'm ready. Vegas. Let's go. I cannot wait for that one. All right, we are rounding things out here again. It'll be uh, the Query and Company, and then J&B a little abbreviated today. Pacers, 5 o'clock. We'll talk about it tomorrow.